to another episode of Trebon. Trebon. I'm Jake Spear, and joined Jeez. with me always uh, these two fine gentlemen that continue to interrupt me. Double uh-huh. O Derby Deck. Hello. And uh, I'm recording this episode for Judy. So I guess you could say I'm re- recording for Judy. Ah. <laughs> Very, Very good. Well done. Yeah, Very yeah, good. Yeah. And of course, sitting right next to Double O Derby Deck is MI6 expert in the field, Trayvon representative, Mr. Brandon McClellan. Reporting for duty. Oh, that oh, sounds similar. That was similar to yours, to Darby. Surprise. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I should say it, because... Mm. You kind of stitched up there. Well, Judy asked me to, so... Right. Mm. You don't want to get her on, yeah, on no. the bad side. Particularly when Judy calls. Mm. She's judged Judy in execution. Oh. Oh. Gentlemen, welcome. Hello. Uh, Thank you for having me in, in my own in house. In your own house. Yeah. <laughs> It's a different sort of episode today, isn't it? It is. Oh, well, Brandon, what's the mission? Well, gentlemen, <laughs> today's mission is... Nin- uh, two- 1962 two- to 2000... Uh, are we saying to 2015? Well, look, we've mm. had to exclude No Time to Die. We have. Yes. So it's a 1962 to 2015's Best James Bond Title Song. Ooh. 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 Now, we're not judging the title sequence. No, separate no. thing. We'll separate. get to that. We'll separate. get to that. Just the song. Just the song. The music. Interpreting the sound. The sound. Of music. Of music. Ah. Mm. Before we dive too far into it, gentlemen, do we have any uh, shout-outs of the week? We do. We does. Ah. Does we? <laughs> does, does we, please? Uh, I think we've shouted them out once before, but I've got to say, I've been loving the content. Uh, contents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Contents of Designing Bond's content. Ah. Uh, I've been rather enjoying um, their stories, always very insightful. I recommend them if following them. If you don't follow them, um, they did. He, he, on he? social media. On social media. Yeah. On Instagram yes. is my preferred stream. Yes. Right. Um, not, not in, in person. Life. Not yeah. in real life. I don't follow them around. No. no. But I would because I think there would be a very insightful person. Right. So I would stalk them, but I can't. Right. Um, but I stalk them on Instagram. Oh, Because right. I've been right. looking at their stories. Uh, yes. And what do you find? And what? I, well, the stories are a bit of a blur because stories kind of whip by and you kind of register it and then you're like, okay, next thing, and you forget immediately. I don't yep. know if that's like with you, gentlemen. Or but if amnesia. you look at his posts, he did uh, an interesting deconstruction of the Goldmine logo. That's, that's right up my bomb nerd alley. Yes. And then he did another post that I loved. It was all about all the different Fords that have been in the series. So... Except the Ford Monday. Except the Ford Monday. I left that one out, so oh. we've had to fact check you on that one. Oh. But um, yeah, <laughs> give them a follow. Yeah. yeah what about what about what about you, fellas? Uh, yeah, I'd like to shout out Edgar and Matt from uh, the James Bond complex. They've oh. been very supportive, and I love their their podcast. Yes, they're wonderful. And uh, by by the time this is out, I probably should shout out the Double O Files too because. Oh. I don't know if you if you've listened to their recent second Double O F M episode, you may have recognised the voice of Klaus Hergesheimer. Oh, on uh, on, on the Double O F M. I won't say who it is. Oh, but, uh, he is very handsome. Uh, really, yeah. right? Good face for radio. Uh, and real life. I think it's the other way around. Yeah. You, Jake. Do you have a shout you have out? a you have a thing to you want to shout someone shout out? Someone out? Very I do. Dear to you. Yes, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Dame Shirley Bassey. Oh. Very near and dear to me. Um, Artie Shirl, I call her. Oh, yeah. Um, not, to, not to 
paint the episode in any way or, or lead into any preconceived notions or anything like that. We're not there yet. We, I haven't shouted her out before, so Dame Shirley... No, you have a real shout-out, though. Do I? For yourself. You appeared well, on uh, yeah, well, Mel Gibson. Yes, oh, yeah. You <laughs> appeared on Mel Gibson as Blockbuster. As <laughs> Mel Gibson's Shakespeare. That's yes. right. That's right. Yes, Blockbuster's Mel Gibson. Mel Blockbuster's Mel Gibson yes. as Shakespeare. Tell the folks at home <laughs> what, what that the hell are you talking about? <laughs> There's a fabulous podcast out there, folks, called Blockbuster. Uh-huh. Um, an incredible uh, presenter and producer, Matt Schrader, mm-hmm. um, based out of LA, has been... Uh, compiling an incredible history about the story of the filmmakers behind blockbuster cinema season one all focused on spielberg and george lucas season two is out now uh, wherever you get your podcasts and it's all you get it at a blockbuster no blockbuster itself is going under and it's not very good really Um, i would have thought they'd done quite well in the lockdown um I'm pretty yeah. sure there's only one Blockbuster store <coughs> open in the world. Really? Yeah, now yeah. They're all closed. It really died quick. But not this Blockbuster. Wherever you find your podcasts, Season 2 is out now and it's all about James Cameron. And you play... Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Yeah. For 1.2 seconds uh-huh. in Episode 4. Oh, that's just in the trailer. You might Episode be 4, A New Hope. Yeah. A New Hope. Yes. That which Mel Gibson... Had seen. Had definitely had saw definitely saw in the that. cinema. Yeah, While he was so. at NIDA, probably. And when he got the script, <laughs> for, <laughs> script for Mad Max, he probably felt a new hope I think that so. his career might, that might yeah, take, take off. off. And yeah. he was right. He was right. He did. So, all the best to you, Jake. This Thank might you. be the last we hear of it's you. This could be it. <laughs> I'm off to Hollywood, guys. <laughs> well, folks, before we move too far on and things uh, get too carried away, I just yeah. want to make sure that everyone knows how to get in touch with us. What? We don't have any fan mail this week, but come and harass Brandon with some I fan mail. I said to them to send emails. Yes. Yeah, and well, where do they do that? Where do they do that, Darby? Uh, how do people do yeah. that? Yeah, how do they, Darby, do that? At Trayvonpod at... Oh, dear. Yeah. Dot... Nope. Uh, nope. Nope. Trayvonpod at... Yeah. Gmail... Yeah. Dot... Yes. Com. That's right. That's it. Well done. Well done. He's learning, folks. Nah. He's learning. Nah. And on all social media, Brandon, where can they find us? Uh, Twitbook, Facer, and Instabox. Insta no longer Pod- MySpace. I we had to disable that. Yeah, I had to get rid of that because you boys said that no one was on it anymore. Yeah. Well, no one's on it. Well, that's where I've been uploading my demo tapes. How's that so, going? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, here's one for you. Oh, Great. I thought you'd never say that. <laughs> I thought you'd that. never ask. Oh, God. Is that it? One paragraph? Yeah, I, I just kept it short this oh. week. Um, uh, previously on <laughs> yeah. this mess, but <laughs> the ties that bind. Ooh. Uh, 003, yep. a.k.a. Jill Bond. Jill Bind. Oh, no, yeah, Jill Bind. Jill All right, yeah. hang on. I need to rewrite this whole thing. Oh, <laughs> no, my goodness. Uh, 003, a.k.a. Ikiya Aka 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 Jill Bind and 007 Aka James James Bond Bond were were surveying the massive South Pacific Island from a considerably high vantage point that's right it just blew out inside that's right this island is now the size of Tahiti yeah (laughs) Indonesia actually (laughs) that's what we settled on yeah Indonesia Uh, they noticed amidst the dense jungle slash rainforest rainforest jungle uh, because we are in the South Pacific and I wasn't sure what classifies a jungle and a rainforest maybe one for the fact check more rain perhaps maybe more rain right the facility described 
Ah, they noticed amidst the dense jungle slash rainforest, mm-hmm. the facility described earlier to them in their briefing As, aboard yep. the British submarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from their current location at least a day's walk away. It's fucking day's walk. Are you serious? It's dense jungle. It's ten huge. minutes. Make it ten minutes. A day's. Well, I have a day's walk to play with, and <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one thing was different though. Was that? Something that hadn't been in Lighter's briefing. Yeah, there was a massive dockyard harboring a huge cargo ship. ship. A big ship. Mm. The mission had been compromised by subpar intel, and the <laughs> remainder of the Double O Division had been ambushed and disposed of by an unknown force. Decaffeinated. Just as Bond and Bind, just as Bond Bind, just as Bond and Bind were about to call for extraction, a flare, a flare, cut through the night sky. So that's where we're up to. Yes. That was previously on, mm, and now uh, currently on. Oh, that looks like a considerably more text. I'll see if I can do it in one breath. <laughs> oh God, it's two pages. As the light from the flare faded into the night. Bond felt the barrel of a Sig Sauer P226 burn into the back of his neck. He knows the gun. Just just from the barrel. Just before his legs were swept out from underneath him. The gravel tore against his cheek and pressed into his left eye. Bind, next to him, hit the ground and let out a cry of pain that was quickly stifled as a torn piece of fabric was stuffed into her mouth. Bond tried to flip onto his back and withdraw his sidearm, but was quickly intercepted by a flurry of hands pinning him down and then a thick rubber-soled boot to his jaw. Ah, oh, we're back in good territory now. Thumper. Done with maybe. that little walk. No, maybe, maybe. <laughs> that little trot up the hill. <laughs> you don't know where I might go with this. <laughs> it could go very badly. Um... Hot, searing pain pulsed through his entire jaw and took hold so severely that he could barely breathe. Mm. A piece of torn fabric was jammed into his gaping maw (gasps) and made Bond painfully aware that two of his molars had been broken. Tears flooded his eyes as adrenaline sent his heart into overdrive. Suck it up, princess. He could just make out the muffled yells of 003 as consciousness slipped away from him. In what felt like it had only been an instant, Bond awoke with his hands pulled behind him and tied around a tall sandpaper fig tree. His gear had been stripped from him, and only his trousers and shirt remained on his person. The same went for Jill, who stood ten metres across from him, tied in a similar fashion and, at the very least, unconscious. Bond struggled to free his hands from the paracord that bound him. Oh. The pain in the Bond's the mouth. Ah. The the pain in Bond's mouth was surging back to full intensity now mm. that he was regaining consciousness. Mm. His tongue worked furiously to push the fabric out of his mouth, but all it did was aggravate his gag reflex. Oh. Oh. <laughs> A danger when gagging prisoners is that not only can they suffocate, but they can end up drowning in their own vomit. Oh. Oh. Bond scanned the area as quickly as he could, sure that he would see his captor like a predator. (laughs) Between he and Jill was a ten-metre clearing bordered by the dense rainforest. Above him was a thick canopy of foliage. foliage, Does this turn into predator? Which allowed allowed small slits of the now morning light to shimmer through. So it was night time when he saw the flare. We're in the morning. Walked up a hill. Yep. Day's walk. Day's walk. <laughs> day's walk cut short. So we've cut through the day's walk. 
where no, no, no. Uh, just as the flare went up, he yep. got ooh, knocked down. Got knocked, knocked down. Knocked down. Now he's tied to a tree. Now it's door. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, cool. Small slits in the morning. He couldn't see anyone else. No sign of his captor. Fear began to grip Bond. Ooh. He tried to rem- to regain his composure. Deep breaths, old boy. He reminded himself. No use in panic. Save your strength. But Bond was struggling to take his own advice. Adrenaline and fear are a potent and toxic combination. A cocktail that poisons the rational part of one's brain and feeds the animalistic urge to panic. Mm. Bond could only breathe through his flaring nostrils. His neck... That's right. And his neck began to seize from straining. No use in struggling, friend. Oh! Came a voice from over Bond's left shoulder. Felix. New voice. The smooth Texan accent was cruelly calm, almost convivial. Convivial, oh, Jake. Convivian Lee. Oh. <laughs> we won't be getting to you for a while. I'd offer you a drink. Is it Whittaker? I can't find the bar. Bond tried to crane his neck so that he could face whomever his tormentor was, but his head jerked back before he had a proper look. It's not Felix. The sting of a cigar being extinguished in his open palm sent his body into a state of writhing tension. Ooh, who's this fella? Now, come on, friend. It's Whitaker. I've already told you to wait your turn. Just wait there like a good boy. I'm going to have a word with your buddy. Bond heard footsteps walk away from him into the dense scrub. Quiet returned. Bond stood perfectly still for ten minutes. He didn't take his eyes off 003. She wasn't moving. If she was breathing, it was so shallow as not to disturb the hair that drooped over her face. Images began to flash into Bond's mind. The heads of his fellow double O's oh. so brutally disp- displayed on the beach. See, Jake, deal with the trauma. Don't oh. hold the other way. <laughs> the sprawling facility and rusty key. Lennington sitting at M's desk See, aboard the submarine. Roxbury smashing at the oh. door to his laboratory. The Navy SEAL clawing at his oxygen mask. Oh, yeah, he's been through it. Bjorn's eyes glazing over. Sophia sitting at the edge of the water. He lingered on that memory for longer than the others. Mm, Naughty. He felt his body relaxing into sleep. He tried to shake himself awake. (laughs) But he was too exhausted. (laughs) He had barely slept in days. His heart pounded hard in his chest, but was getting slower between beats. He could feel his blood course through his veins like sludge. His muscles began to give in and his head fell forward. His eyes were so dry and his eyelids so heavy. Just as he was about to give in to the full warmth of sleep, Mm. he heard a thud on the ground in front of him. He raised his head and saw Jill sprawled in the dirt. (gasps) A tall, blonde man in a Navy SEAL uniform stood next to the tree she had been tied to. Navy SEALs. He pocketed a combat knife and looked over at Bond. This is the Jake chapter we never got. Jill struggled to get off the ground, too exhausted and most likely concussed. The blonde man walked over to Bond and lifted his head gently with his index finger, supporting enough weight for Bond to look him in the eyes. Morning, friend. Came the familiar Texan voice as he pulled the fabric gag from Bond's mouth. Rise and shine. You really drifted off for a while there. Ain't you never heard you shouldn't sleep on the job? What is this? 
murmured Bond with what little strength he had left. Oh, where are my manners? Mm. You see, we probably should have introduced ourselves to each other on the tarmac. God knows you can't hear a thing up in those planes. CIA? Bond inquired feebly. The Texan shook his head. Navy SEALs. Untie me, damn traitor. No, no, I think you still got a little bit left in the tank. Damn, I bet I got more in mind, but let's not chance it. You must be 007. Mm. What's left of him? She'd be 003. Mm. I think you should tell me something first. Why does your government insist on meddling in things which do not concern them? Bond smirked at his interrogator. Just get this over with. This is a giddy thrill. I don't know anything that you don't already. The man smiled back at him and then slammed his fist into Bond's cheek. Bond howled in pain. (laughs) (laughs) You're quite right, friend. I'm not interested in squeezing out any information from you or the other double O's. His Aussie accent nearly slipped through then. This Mm. Whitaker, I think he's played by (laughs) Or the Seals. The sapphire blue eyes of the Texan glimmered. Oh, these blue bloody eyes everywhere. The whites of his eyes were growing more bloodshot. Ooh. Bond noticed the veins in his neck he's bulging almost serum. out of his taut, fleshy neck. Oh, he's shot oh. the serum in. He wound his arms straight back, ready to land another devastating blow on Bond when a rock smashed into the side of the hulking American's face. He stumbled away from Bond, clutching his now bleeding face, and turned to the woman who had managed to hurl it at him. He let out a guttural bellow of rage and unholstered his standard-issue Sig Sauer. He pointed at 003 and fired a single bullet. It hit her in her left shoulder and she slumped instantly to the ground. The hulking beast turned his attention toward Bond, who looked onto him with a cold, unflinching stare. Is Bond still tied up? Still tied up. Yeah. Now, I'm no doctor, but I think you ought to get that checked. Ah! Fact checked. Oh! oh! We've got Jeff Bridges coming <laughs> up here as a bloody Bond henchman. What's his name? I don't know. What don't a know mystery yet. man. No. A traitor amongst them. Ooh. Oh. What saucy Blonde. stuff. Long Texan. Oh my goodness. My With goodness. blue eyes and hulking. such vim and vigor. I want to I I take Is you back. Is this fact check going to be longer than the actual episode it's fact check? It, it, <laughs> it may well be yep. in, in, all, in all likelihood because we're talking about Casino Royale 1954. Oh. Ooh, what a stinker. Oh. Extravaganza. <laughs> Come now, Mr. Bond. You <laughs> when I tell you. <laughs> That's not bad. That's, that, that was a pretty, pretty good, good bit of lorry. Yeah. Well, Brandon, you thought that Bond introduced himself as Jimmy Bond. <laughs> yeah. Bond, Jimmy Bond. Hey, I'm Bond, Jimmy Bond. That's him. That's him. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> the abusive Jimmy Bond. Uh, yeah. Well, it's actually Clarence Leiter who first says, oh. you're that card sense, Jimmy Bond. Card sense. Card sense, mm. yeah. Keen, mm. keen card player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Bond never actually introduces himself oh. as Jimmy Bond, but he's constantly referred to as Jimmy Bond. And James Bond. And also James Bond. Mm. 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 Now, what was the name of the actor who played Clarence Letter? Or lighter, depending oh, on... Oh, yeah. That's right. Who's the credit's got it. Who's, depending on who's saying it. Yeah. Michael Pate. Oh, is Pate. The, Pate. It's pronounced Pate. Are you sure about that? Yes. A hundred percent. Right. Okay. <laughs> I I hate it when people say, would you like some chicken liver pate? And I'm like, I would, if I, if I didn't have an AVO, I'd strangle you. 
Michael Pate. Michael Pate. Michael Pate. Yeah. All right. Is the name of the actor born 26th of February 1920. Oh, God. Why does that matter? Did I ask that? In Dremoyne. Dremoyne, Australia. New South Wales, Wales Australia. bloody hell. He's a bloody Aussie The first boy. James Bond was an Aussie. Yes. There we go. Died in 2008 at the age of 88 in Gosford. Did he get to see... Quantum of Solace. <laughs> um, I I don't know what month he passed. But he definitely got to see Casino Royale. He and went to see it. Good for him. Because he, oh, he, 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 he would have. He would have been like, I was bloody. Yeah, I was there first. I was there first. So Michael Pate or Pate 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 started out as a writer and broadcaster for the ABC here, and in radio drama. ABC is uh, French for Australian Broadcasting Corporation. It is, it is, and he worked in radio drama throughout the 1930s. Radio drama is French for uh, plays on the radio. Yes, and after serving in the 1st Australian Army Amenities Entertainment Unit... (laughs) (laughs) Performing for the troops in the South Pacific... South Pacific... The South... Yeah. The South specifically. Specifically, yeah. specifically uh, for the South. Specifically uh, South. Uh, he returned to radio and in 1949 appeared in his first leading role in Sons of Matthew oh. here in Australia. And then, after performing opposite Chips Rafferty... Oh, really? In uh, 1950s <coughs> Bitter Springs. Oh, yeah, Bitter Springs. You remember that classic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ma- Chips Rafferty was the guy. He's the guy. He's big business. He's uh, waking fright. He's yeah. you know, like, leading man, Aussie leading man. Michael then travelled to the US and over the course of two the decades... The Us. The Us. The us. The us. Yeah. Travelled to the Us. The Us. Mm. And over the course of two decades appeared in shows such as Gunsmoke, Daniel Boone, Perry Mason, Mission Impossible, The Man from Uncle, wow. Batman, Get wow. Smart and wow. Rawhide. Yeah, and Climax. And Climax! <laughs> Michael would return to Australia after uh, 1968, going okay. on to win two Logie Awards oh, while yeah. working at the Seven Network, oh, Mild what, Stomping Ground, what, as a producer. He went into producing and writing. Uh, and appeared in a number of films, including Mad Dog Morgan wow. and Howling 3. Wrap it up. <laughs> you ungrateful swine. And that's fact check. And fact check. Oh, you wish it was. <laughs> oh, Darby, you asked, were they actually broadcasting it live, or yeah. was it just all recorded oh, yeah. live? Yeah, yeah. I then said, oh, this way of shooting was quite common for shows of this time, but wasn't sure about it being broadcast live or perhaps, you know, with a delay. You give yourself, like, way too much of a kind of yeah. academic... Leave, they're too open-ended, yeah, yeah. the questions. Yeah. Well, see, that's but when the you key. play yourself from the past, when you're like, I said, you give it to... You sound too smart. That's very true. That's yeah, yeah, because true. that's how I sound. Uh, historically well, and, and factually Look, I'm going to say it. We do get letters in the email I constantly. I have not and, seen them. Release, well, the, that is release because the emails. They are... Viciously cruel. Viciously cruel. I've seen a few. And, I fail and they, to they believe it. They target you personally. Really personally. It's not even about what you do in the show. They no, seem to. This is propaganda. Done their this research. is a media manipulation. It's this not is... propaganda. It's a propaganda into the inside of, of people's minds. Brandon, you also asked, you'd like to know whether or not that they had any form of. Uh, playback monitors, video playback. Ah, yeah, but you didn't answer we, the thing about being yeah. live. Yeah, well, that's a two-part thing. Well, it seems like a three-part thing. Many of the episodes of Climax, the <clears> series, <throat> were performed and broadcasted live. Broadcast. Broadcast. Broadcasted. Michael Pate. Broadcast. <laughs> the or first broadcast. Oh yeah, broadcast. Ah, yeah. Ah, okay. Now, the first practical videotape system. Uh huh. 
the Ampex uh, quadruplex. This was uh, what I was talking about. Well, yes, only became available in 1957. Uh-huh, so uh, how did they do it? So... How done they did it? Time travel. Time yeah, travel. see? 50-minute dramas might mm. require a dozen different sets and at least as many cameras. And how did they do it? Major set and other changes had to occur during commercials and no second takes, with the awareness of as many as 10 million people watching. After the adoption of videotape in 1957, many live dramas were shot live to tape, still retaining a live television look and feel, but able to both preserve the program for later broadcast and allowing the possibility of retakes. So when they were doing, before 57, before they were doing the tape live There's thing, no use asking you. He they, hasn't done the work. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't back... They didn't have files? You could not keep it. Once it's broadcast, there's no record of it. Transmit. Trans- so it wasn't even put on film? No, no. So how did it How work? was it transmitted? Kinescope. Thank you for asking, Darby, because I've done all of the work now. <laughs> Kinescope. <laughs> Kinescope is a way of recording a television program on motion picture film. Yeah. Directly through a lens that's focused on a screen of a video monitor. Right. Kinescope was the only practical way to preserve live television broadcasts not, uh, prior to videotape. So that's how we have Climax Casino Royale. But did they have video monitors while they were watching the feed? That did I couldn't have, find. Okay. I couldn't actually find but whether is or not... the Kinescope not a video monitor? In... Am well, there has to be. There's got to be. It some... records the transmission. Yes. So what? The only reason why we have <laughs> Casino Royale 1954 now yeah. is because someone, there were multiple people, at least two people, yeah, had a, a kinescope machine, and were able to record on film the live so they broadcast had these in their home. Perhaps. Or was it? A... How did they broadcast the live footage from the film cameras? Yeah, to... that's what. That's what we to want to know. Well, it's exactly sets. like we broadcasting live sports. But how does that, how did work? that work? I don't know Tell how that works. Broadcasters then. would send digital signals over the air. But there's no digital such thing signals. as a digital Where signal. TV? Radio, radio signals. They were like UHF. Well, VHF. I'm getting this information from screenonline.org.uk, so take it up with them. I'm going to write a stern letter. To them. And you. Well, that's that's what your aerial's doing. It's picking up the but those wasn't that receiver an signals. UHF, VHF. Yeah, well, right. It's analog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how does the technology work? I don't how know. It wasn't there. How does the the cut happen? They mix it live. So where's what's that table look like? The mixing table. Do they have a feed? Or are they just like cut to camera? They've got like a call sheet going and cue camera B, cue camera C. And cut to that and cut to that. And yeah, cut but they, they have to they, know they what's can't going see on. And they can't see it? They must. I don't know. I couldn't find this anything on how... This is the work we asked you to do. Oh, Darby, I did this two hours before we're recording. I can only do so much. Far out. You sure you don't want me to do fact check this, from now on? I'm very sure I don't want you to do it. Might I suggest you going and finding a documentary on, on, Might on, I suggest on the, <laughs> you take the job seriously? The greater history of television. It's like I'm trying to. I'm trying to sum oh, up we'll like get through it. Thirty skip, years of television. Skip to the end, Brandon. Oh. You asked, was this series successful? I said, I feel like there was at least eight episodes. Climax, later known as Climax Mystery Theater. Climax. Yes, 
ran. They got rid of the exclamation mark. Actually, ooh, bad choice. Bad choice. Yeah, Very yeah, bad yeah. choice. That was the only thing they had going for it. It was. Yeah. It ran on CBS from 1954 to 1958, Dang. with a total of 166 episodes. Holy, that is a lot. Dude. It ran over four seasons. Did they do any more Jimmy Bond? No more Jimmy Bonds. Uh, One uh, and only. Did he do any other things for them? Climax. The actor? Yeah. The, I don't know. Who <laughs> was <laughs> <laughs> supposed to predict this? Like, if you want to check, say it in the episode. Oh. And even what? then. And even then. <laughs> <laughs> the series finished at number 26 in the Nielsen ratings. What does that mean? For the 1956-1957 era. Well, it gives you an indication of whether or not it was successful. 26 for the year or 26, the night? 26 for the year. Oh, okay. That's for all right. Year. Episode 1 was not Casino Royale. Oh, yes it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, Casino Royale was episode 3. Oh. The two episodes that appeared before that were, firstly, The Long Goodbye, followed by The 13th Chair. Ah. Then Casino Royale. Right. And then? Um, he, does, he hasn't done yeah, the work. Yeah, hasn't oh, done come the on, work. there's 166 episodes! <laughs> uh, did... <laughs> Did Bruce Feirstein intentionally quote Le Chiffre from the oh. 1954 Casino oh, in the yeah, Stumpers yeah, line really gave a shit about this. in Tomorrow yeah, yeah. Never Dies? Or was it just coincidence? Was it? Unknown. Unknown. But, uh, inconclusive. Inconclusive. But, Results back, inconclusive. Fact, so I'm fact right. Checked. So I'm right. This, uh, this, is, is, this is the Schrodinger's cat of fact checks. <laughs> I'm both right and I'm dead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a crisis. Did Bond actually order a scotch? Or did Brandon just add that in as a, like an improvised line oh, during yeah, the yeah, screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the actually orders a scotch and uh, water. Very good. Brandon's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. making it up. Thank you very much. Darby, you said that Levion Rose was in the charts at the time. Oh, mm-hmm. Bold claim, and you knew it too. Mm-hmm. Levion Rose was released in, the charts. in May 1945. 1945. Still in the charts by then. Ah, the charts moved slow back in the day. They well, moved slow. Perhaps, perhaps. Had the war ended by then? In May? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, no, these are the questions. These are the questions. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask. Know your history. Know your history. Uh, no, I think it was still going. Um, you think or you know? I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this song was credited for making Edith Piaf internationally famous. Big time superstar. Big girl. Mm. Levion Rose was released on a 10-inch single in the US in 1947 by Columbia Records and sold one million copies. Numerous versions were recorded in the US in 1950. Tony Martin, Paul Weston, Bing Crosby, Edith Piaf had another crack at it. She had another go. Rolf in Flanagan English? in English. Victor Young and Louis Armstrong. Ah. Bing Crosby recorded the song in French in 1953. <laughs> Well, she, Edith had already done that, Louis. She'd done it, you idiot thing. I, uh, I think. I think. Look, it was definitely Google. a very popular yeah. song. Very popular Yahoo. song. Still in the zeitgeist. Doubt it was still on the charts. It's like uh, you know, it's more recent to an audience in 1954 than say, uh, "Hit me, baby, one more time" is to us. That's let's true. Put, let's put it that way. Uh, with just those. Actually, that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's, more like the uh, Black Eyed Peas. Uh, uh, Tonight's uh, going to be a good good night. night. Tonight's gonna be a good, good night. We don't have the rights for any of this. We need well, to stop. it's a cover. 
No, it's a review. The song sucks. Fair use. So you get to use it for fair, fair use. use. Fair the song use. sucks. Song sucks. Tonight's going to be a good night. Legal loopholes. I believe that Peter Laurie was a significant presence in the world of TV at the time. So much so that an episode of the Looney Tunes parodies oh, yeah. Peter Laurie yeah, yeah, by creating yeah. a caricature. Chris, the Hall. creepy ghoul character. Yeah, as a mad scientist trying to capture Bugs Bunny. Mm. Dr. Laurie. Yes. Is a Chuck scientist. Laurie. Chuck Laurie made ah, the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Two and a half men. Dharma and Greg. Bit of a relation, perhaps? Mm. Dr. No, because uh, Chuck Laurie's real last name is not Laurie. Oh. Changed it. Damn it. Dr. Laurie is a scientist who is a parody and homage. Peter Laurie was a scientist. To character actor Peter Laurie. Dr. Oh. Laurie. His name's Dr. Laurie. In, in Looney Tunes. In the Looney Tunes. He's a recurring character. Oh, you have a smart little brain somewhere oh, in there. See, his first appearance as the mad scientist archetype in Looney Tunes was in the 1946 short Hair Raising Hair. And what does he sound like again for us? Mm, ah, mm, ah, mm, <laughs> bugs. Mm, Mr. Rabbit, we want to come in and I will do an ex- experiment on you. And we will take good care. Don't look behind the door. Don't just... Um, ah, yes, pretty. And what does the oh. cartoon character sound like? Bugs, mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to come in and uh, do experiments on you, but you're mm, very pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Pretty, pretty hey, similar. That's, it is uncanny. Yeah. It, 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 they're amazing, isn't it? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> that was followed by the 1947 short. There's a lot here, Darby. <laughs> I know, but it's all really it's interesting stuff. <laughs> Some of it's highlighted in yellow. I think they're the words he struggles with. Then you... Oh. <laughs> no. No. 1947, you've got the birth of a notion. From then on... What's... Whoa, whoa, really? Whoa, whoa. They were referencing notions. that. That's the name of a Looney Tunes short. Yeah, birth of a notion. Yeah, the birth boy. of a notion, yes. <laughs> From then on, Laurie's image became a An permanent... Ocean? No, a notion. Uh. Uh, his image became a, a permanent, permanent and recurring Looney. part of Looney Tunes fame. Wow. Is it more, tunes or tunes? Depending on your dialect. So what is my dialect? Uh, Australian. Ah, so I would say... Tunes. Tunes. Dr. Laurie resembles a diminutive version of Peter Laurie in every respect, often portrayed with all the same stereotypical... Creepy mannerisms. Like, yeah. what more do we need to it's, hear it's about? Literally... All right, all right, yes. fine. Well, I got it right. So, well, well done, you. There's a whole bunch of different little short films that he pops up in. Did you have them all listed? No, I didn't. How was this footage rediscovered after it had been lost? Uh, someone <clears> found <throat> someone found a, an old VHS in the, in the attic, and he in was the, looking for his in his, the cinescope. Yeah, what was it called? And, Kinetoscope. And he was like, I'm. I'm I think this is my wedding video. Mm. And then he realised that his, his wife had, uh, had taped over their wedding with uh, Climax, Casino Royale. Wow, and man. he was like, this, this is on par. <laughs> <laughs> right. And what was that man's name and in what year did he do that? Uh, his name was, was Britta Filter. And Britta he, Filter. He, he was born in 1980. 1897 and he he grew up in the town of Lancashire in uh, in Texas Texaston and he he married a, a young girl the heiress of a, a soap fortune you pretty keep going you're pretty bang on actually. and then uh, Michael Caine and Steve Martin tried to con his wife Right. But yeah, yeah, they yeah. couldn't. <laughs> and uh, he realised she was having an affair with both of them. Yep. And his only 
uh, happy memory was to watch his wedding uh, tape, but she had taped over it with a climax. So it's a spin off. It's a spin off to Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, yeah, it's a prequel. Yeah, yeah, it's a prequel. yeah. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Nineteen seventy-four. Seven. Ooh. It was actually film historian Jim Schoenberg. Ah, that's who you're talking na- about. He was neighbours and he, yes, he, he was the neighbour of this fella. He went over and found it. And you think 1977? No, I do. Do you? <laughs> it was 1981. Ah, ah that's right. Because see. that was Duran Duran was in the chart. MGM subsequently included the incomplete version on its first DVD release of the 1967 film Casino Royale. Ah. DVDs in 1981? No, well, no, They MGM waited until the DVDs were around and then added... But they knew that DVDs were coming and they were like, when they get here, yeah. we're, this we're putting this on as a special feature. They did, they did. But we found this out today. Brandon and I found this out today because when I was doing the fact check, I realised that we didn't actually see the end oh, yeah. of Casino Royale 1954. We didn't see the full version. Oh. There's like 30 seconds. There's an extra two minutes because... Two minutes? Two minutes. Two minutes from the original broadcast were missing. What happened? Because there was actually so our version. Our version was them sitting down at the table, and he, Jimmy Bond's like, oh, "Quick, call, call the cops!" Mm. And, so, and, uh, and Peter Laurie's uh, yeah, he's uh, like, oh, "Let's just uh, sit, we're just here. Gonna sit here. We're gonna sit here and wait." <laughs> and, and then it faded. I remember this. It faded to black, and the credits came up. Yeah, yeah. We so were like, it what felt a weird like place to end. end it. Yeah, yeah. It but doesn't do that. There's a, there's a Marvel. There's a Marvel style post credit stinger. There's <laughs> kind of right. There's an extra two minutes that we're missing yeah. before the credits even even to play. Even play. Well, how did that happen? Well, funny you say that, Darby, because when Jim Schoenberger in 1981 found. The kinescope recording of the original live broadcast. In his neighbour's ad tick. The final two minutes. So then it wasn't until... So that's the one we saw. That is, that is. But where did he get the credits from? The original and the best. Where did he get the credits from? That's right. Well, there was this... Eventually, the missing footage was found and was included in a Spy Guys and Kara Entertainment VHS release. You're flipping and flopping, Jake. What do you mean? Well, there's one two mi- versions. Okay. There's two lost footages. Yeah. One was missing the last two minutes, and then the other one had the final two minutes on it. But how did he get the credits? Yeah. On the- I don't know. Well, I don't know. There's a, a loophole. There's a loophole here. That's, we have to go back in time to find out. But until then, that was there color check. TVs? <laughs> was there <laughs> color TVs in 1954? Brandon said the TV launched in Australia sometime around 53, 54, <clears throat> and in America sometime in the 40s. Stand by. Maybe the 30s even. Ooh. Ooh. Darby, what do you reckon? I reckon TV first launched in North America in 1943 mm. and in South America 1972. Well, I don't have that. Mm. So I can't well, tell you. When I'm did it launch in Australia? Against fact, yeah. <laughs> when did it launch in Australia? In Australia? 52. My my dad was born, so I'm going to say 55. Ooh. TV began in Australia on the 16th of September, 1956. Oh. oh. And from the 7th of October, 1974, Australians began to see colour test patterns on their television screens. And people in South Five months later... TV. No, Darby. Five months later, in 1975... Colour TV launched in Australia on every network. We've had to wait till the 70s for colour. Yeah. Yep. Test cricket. 
Yeah. Gosh. Yes. Um, I've got a whole chunk of stuff here that I'd Do like you? to read out to you. All although, right, let me just get comfortable. Although all electronic colour was introduced in the US in 1953, high prices and the scarcity of colour programming gently slowed its acceptance into the marketplace. The first national colour broadcast, the 1954 Tournament of Roses Parade, occurred on January 1, 1954. But over the next dozen years, test out the reds. most network broadcasts and nearly all local programming continue to be in black and white. Why, 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 why is that, yeah, Jay? Because it's so expensive, Darby. Oh. In 1956, NBC's The Perry Como Show oh, yes. became the very first live network television series to present a majority of episodes in colour. CBS's The Big Record, starring yeah. pop vocalist Patty Page, was the first <laughs> television show broadcast in colour for the entire 1957-1958 season. Its production costs were greater than most movies were at the time, not only because of all the stars that featured on the hour-long extravaganza, all the colours. but the extremely high-intensity lighting oh. and electronics required for the new RCA TK41 cameras. Right. It was not until the mid-1960s that colour sets started selling in large numbers, right. due in part to the colour transition of 1965, right. in which it was announced that over half of all network primetime programming yeah. would be broadcast in colour that autumn. Ah, wow. Full-scale commercial television broadcasting did not begin in the US until 1947. So what's a quicker way of saying all that? Would be... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What was the first words spoken on Australian television? Good, av- good afternoon. Good, good evening. Good evening, and welcome, welcome to, to television. television. Pop on a cuppa. It was. Uh, you had two attempts, Brandon. Your first attempt was "Hello and welcome to television." Hello, good evening. Which is wrong. Well, then you corrected yourself and you said, "What did you say?" Good evening and welcome to television. Right. You stand yep. by. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> good. Good. Bruce Gingell is the man behind those immortal words. Welcome and hello to television. And those immortal words are, good evening and welcome to television. Spoken on the 16th of September, 1965. Would be 56. It would be 56. It's 56. Did you say 65? No, it's 56. I swapped them. I swapped them. Why did you do that? Because I have a problem. You're dyslexic. Perhaps. What network was it on, Brendan? Well, technically it was Channel 9. But not technically. Oh, well, because television in, in back in those days didn't really broadcast nationally. Mm. Always on to something. So yeah. Melbourne, yeah, Melbourne had like w, WCA seven eight nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like it different like signal, bands. signal bounce. And yeah, because Melbourne would have different programming to Sydney, mm. and it wasn't until about the seventies or eighties <clears> that they kind of nationalised, and that the Packers kind of said. Well, let's get Chris Graham Kennedy, who was huge, was only playing in Melbourne. His oh. show was called Melbourne Tonight or something. Mm. And they were like, let's just broadcast this nationally. Why are we doing different things? Uh, 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 the short answer, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> no, uh, short answer, I'm going to say, uh, Graham Kennedy. It makes more sense for it to be ABC. ABC. But, uh, but Gingell was, was a nine man. But let's say ABC. I'm going to say it was uh, uh, Jen. 
Oh, oh go. <laughs> yeah, go. No, go. No, no, go. Yeah, right. One of those yeah, new ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. It was TCN Nine Sydney. Oh, no, it was nine. And according to the National Film and Sound Archive, they called it Channel Nine. Tell you what else they said. Technically Channel Nine. As technically, you said, technically there you go. That iconic footage is a recreation. Oh. Yes, because they didn't record it. They like, stuffed it up. Yes. Moon landing. Yeah. They stuffed it up. Yeah, so a... they reshot it the following year for the first anniversary of that television network. Yeah. Well, gents, that's fact check. That's fact check. That is actually we bloody got there. You've done it. Um, well, we've got some uh, time for our favourite segment. Oh yeah, um, which is the preconceived notions. That's right. And the preconceived notions for this week mm-hmm. uh, are about what we think uh, each of us is going to think. That's right. That's Don't right. you tell so, me what my preconceived notions Brandon, are. Oh, Brandon, I want you to start. Oh, you want me to start? Because we've been listening to Old Mate for yeah. too long. All right. I need to recover. I think you're in a better headspace than me. All right. Uh, I might chime in here. I will cop this on the chin. Uh, Jake, please let me finish. Uh, <laughs> yield the floor. And we've got to suggest... Uh, no. No, we won't do that. It's putting on a lot of rules here. No, I'm all right. Rules help me. Well, we I need, need guidelines. We, yeah. Well, I'm we like already... a train. Without tracks... Hundreds of people will die. <laughs> so what we've what we've decided the whole point of this right is we want to we want to get a tippity top Trayvon list of the official theme songs right. So there's my interpretation, yeah. there's your interpretation, there's your interpretation. So we're doing a scores system again, like we did with our rankings episode. Yes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so we're each listing five. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and a. And a, a, a goodie, an, an almost Matt ran an honourable mention and, and a, a dishonourable mention. Bennett or Burnett. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. So no points for those. No. They're just bonus. So maybe minus points. Fifth, fifth place gets one point. Oh yep, yep. Fourth place gets four, two points. Yep. <laughs> Matt's third, third place gets three. Gets hey, three. Uh-huh. that one's just, that's easy that's to the remember. Same one. Yep. Fourth place. No, no second, second place, place gets, gets four. four. Oh boy! And then number one fifth, place, number one, one place gets five points. Gets fifth, and then we'll figure out what our what happens next. Top five is based on the amal- amalgamation because I might have voted for one, and you might vote for one, or yeah. might have of the same one. I might not have even made a list. Yeah, and oh, Brandon, I might not have anything. Oh, Brandon. So who knows? Oh. But we got that's a preconceived notion. That's. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> oh, God, I hope you are. <laughs> uh, look, my preconceived notion yeah. is that um, uh, I found it really hard to just pick five from the <clears throat> 24 that are out there. Is that a preconceived notion or are you yes. just talking your yes. feelings out? Because I might feel differently when I read them out. But no. I might be like, hey, you know what? You were too hard on yourself. I guess you're right there. And and on you actually picked five best songs ever, and no one can beat that list. And I'll be there going, this is you're right. You get I'm, too, most decisions. I'm too hard on myself, and and then I'll take myself out for a drink, and we'll just talk. And what do you think J- Jake's gonna? Oh, what Jake will have what done? What are your preconceived notions? Oh, they'll be about nonsense. Jake? Jake's will be nonsense. There'll be songs that uh, that don't matter, that people don't care about. <laughs> oh my goodness! But this. No, Uh, what am I actually thinking I'll see from Jake? Yeah. I expect... Mm -hmm. uh, I expect you to put big, big, brassy, bassy, bombastics uh, on the list, yes. I don't think we will see... Chuck Sherrills. I think we'll see a Shy Sherrill. Okay. But I don't think we'll see... 
I think you and I will have a somewhat similar list. Oh, and Jake sense. will be very different <laughs> from us. Like an and outlier. I'm expecting I'm expecting to see something silly like all time high or oh. for your eyes only pop Ooh. up on this list. <laughs> what? There you go. There you go. And what would you say of me? Ah, uh, uh, well, well, you kind of said, yeah, one, I kind of said, you? yeah, I well, think similar. Absolute we, nonsense. We might be similar. Yeah. No, I I actually don't know. I think it's, there's two songs on my list that had you asked me before we did this, mm. would not have thought they would have been anywhere near the top ten. Yeah, right. And now they are so firmly lodged. Well, as, that's interesting. As bangers. For I've me. written Ooh. down my preconceived notion style. Oh, he's next. come very prepared. Oh my god! And it's interesting because uh, what, what what you said then it yeah. links to what I've already written down. So Lay I'm not it on I'm not making this up. Well, is what I'm getting. Uh, jank yes as I've written mm-hmm. I think though you teased it a lot at the time I think that due to the fact that you couldn't stop singing it for weeks afterwards mm-hmm. you have put for your eyes only somewhere on your list but only those four words make it a top five song <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only one. bit of it that you'll sing eyes only and from the top <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon this is I've written here you had a tough time whittling down your list. Ooh, it's like this a horoscope. Is like a horoscope. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And while you found it difficult, not including the world is not enough in your top five, you will come into great You couldn't riches. help but give a place to you know my name. My preconceived notions are that I don't know. The two of you boys have got big question marks around your heads when it comes to this. I don't see. Um, oh God. Uh, <laughs> Ah, oh, oh, I, oh. I don't know. My preconceived notions. I think Darbs. And this is why I wrote mine down. Yeah, yeah, fair. I thought about it. Yeah, see, I didn't. Considered. You're just going to say the first thing that comes to your head. Where's your list? It's in his head. Um, Darby, I <clears> reckon <throat> that you. You. No money. You. Mm, Only live. I think you're going to favour. I think you're going to favour some of... Oh, look, I reckon for sure uh, nobody this does how it you better. read, is <laughs> it? <laughs> nobody does it better is on there for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Seconded. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. And I wonder if that's your only, like, old school kind of one. I don't know how you feel about the brassy bassies. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think they're going to hmm. feature too much. <laughs> Brandon, oh, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Brandon McClellan, MI6 expert in the field. Yes. Um, Recording for Judy. Oh, yeah, yeah, God yeah, bless yeah. her. Dame God, Judy. Dame Judy. You know my name. Nah, I don't reckon it's going to play. You know my name. Nah. See, you bag me out for something silly like All Time High or something. I mean, at... at Avtac's on Rightly it. Rightly so. Avtac is on it for sure. He's on what? He's on your top five. Viral kill for sure. You don't know me at Aha all. Aha is getting in there. You don't it's not Aha. It's Duran Duran. Duran oh, Duran. The band's oh, so nice. No, Aha's the other one. Aha's Living Bit Daylight. Partridge. Bit of... Aha! Aha! <laughs> I apologise to Duran Duran. Um, but you a kill... should. I should. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. Viral kill's on there. And... Maybe some of the more modern ones, hmm. like post. I think Goldeneye's on there. Post Malone. I think. I he think Goldeneye. That one. No, God 
Damn it, Brandon. <laughs> Goldeneye's on there, and don't say his whole list. Skyfall's on there. They've said his whole top five. So you All think right. Brandon's list is Skyfall, Goldeneye, A View to a Kill, You Know My Name, and you might as well say a fifth That's one. That's it. Yeah, say a fifth Just one. Just say a fifth Go one. On. Nobody does it better. Because he's sentimental about Roger Moore. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Got it. Sure. Nailed well, it. What do we do now, fellas? Do we have to play a song or something? Yeah, well, uh, it'll be a couple of seconds for us, but it'll be a couple of seconds extra for them. Well, we'll I think we'll play this could be the number one theme song. Right now? That we are about to play. Oh, but then that gives it away for them. No, if I was suggesting that our theme song was so good. Oh, the Trey Bond The Trey Bond theme song oh. that they're about to hear. I like that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, sit right back, put, put your feet up and relax. Because... Uh, the Trey Bond song. We're about to play the Trey Bond theme. And Which could be considered number one. Could be considered number one. The best Bond the, theme. The Hang on, let Darby... Because I, I can't hear two voices at once. Of, Darby? What were you going to say? No. I was going to say that the Trey Bond one is the best theme going. There we go. Okay. Can you say that? I can't understand him. Just say, what have we already said? What have we already said? Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Oh, God. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a couple of seconds. We're back. Hey. Uh, so, Everybody. time to get into our top five title Ooh, songs. But first. But first. Wait, there's more. Oh. We should get into, because there are 24 songs. Yep. And... We haven't included... Some of them were Billie really knocking... Yeah, we haven't included Billie Eilish, because <laughs> we haven't seen it in the context of the film, so technically we're saying that it's not out. It doesn't not exist yet. yet. There was a couple... There were a couple... There was a couple. There were a couple of songs knocking on that uh, the address to the top five. Yep. And the top five were like, sorry, due to COVID-19 and social distancing, we can't have five more than five in here, five. so we're sorry. You can wait outside. You're not and wearing then, a mask. And Get then out. there were a couple that were just absolutely nowhere near getting invited to that party. They and I feel yet. like we should talk about them. Dishonourable mentions. Yes. So, dishonourable mentions. Yes. The, the song or songs oh. <laughs> that uh, were absolutely dishonourable. Um, I have prepared a statement Whoa. for my dishonourable mention. Mm. I find another way to die <gasps> utterly offensive. Firstly... Another way to die! If you're going to break tradition and have the very first duet... Perform a Bond song. <clears throat> Why the fuck is it Alicia Keys oh, and Jack White? Whoa, 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 what whoa. the hell are those two doing together? Whoa. Secondly, thoughts and opinions. And I have said this before in the podcast. You've got Alicia Keys here, one of the most versatile and authentic voices in pop oh, for the past like two, almost three decades. He's got a grind, right? And now, when I think of Alicia Keys, uh-huh. when I think of Alicia Keys, I think piano. I think intimate because grittiness. Of the last name, I think huskiness. Right, yes. I think I've left my keys in the door. I think incredible runs up and down the scale I think vocal gymnastics I think range I think international superstar vocalist and someone who can tell stories with their voice and connect on an emotional level and And I get none of that none of that in Uh, this song mm. I know very little about Jack White and his music I've never been a fan of the White Stripes and my feeling is my feeling is they don't belong within a country mile of a Bond song get out this song is a victim of a terrible pairing 
I'm sure as individual artists they may have produced an interesting and less abrasive Bond song, but this combination is like taking a sledgehammer to oh, a freshly God. polished Aston Martin DB5. Oh. It is a catastrophe, wow, and really... no one gets out of it alive. That's a Whoa. sound bite. The lyrics seem to be written by a five-year-old child looking out the window of the family car during a road trip and just saying the next thing that he sees. Are you do- have you done this for every song? I've done this for every song. Wow, diatribe. Wow. The, <laughs> the sheer <laughs> lack of an interesting and gripping melody. You don't even have the, the case that I usually have where it's like, well, I said it in the moment, I was a bit heated. This is, <laughs> this this is, is thought of, prepared. I mean, these are... There's premeditated. There's, there's no lawyer in the, in the land that this can defend you against these statements. But please continue. please continue. Can I give you more rope? Or? But, look, the more the merrier. The sheer lack of an interesting and gripping melody not only adds to the complete underutilization of Alicia Keys, but also flips the bird... Oh. Flashes the rude finger for those non-Australians to what all great Bond songs are about. They're about a killer soaring melody that just burns itself into your brain. The very notion of a melody is completely absent oh, from this. Sorry, excuse I thought this was going to be a short, nice little fun oh, episode. Yeah, no, I kept mine pretty short. This, this is going to be hours. This yeah, is yeah. a shout fest of a song. It, it's a sharp face of a review. It, yeah. it rises to the most nauseating dissonant harmonies known to uh, music uh, and leads to the most flaccid anti-climax culminating in Alicia Keys pushing out a few years to vamp <laughs> until she finishes the song with a bang, 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 bang. And only then are we finally relieved of that irritating Neolithic backbeat and relentless B-natural note. This is an abomination, wow. and all should be done to erase this song from the history books. Jeez. I must say, Jake, it's, it's, it's about time. It's, it's taken time. like 28 episodes I'm to get you to riled these, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a tipping point. I'm glad, yeah. yeah. Music must be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pinched the nerve. So my dishonourable mention goes to a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep my song titles a little hidden. Oh, talk about them. Oh, see great. If it comes oh, up. Oh, cool. okay, like, yeah. a, uh, like a fantasy. So much like the film this is attached to, this song kind of reminds me uh, of all the things I dislodge. I dislodge. You dislodge. I dislodge. I dislike about Rodgy. The sexy saxophone, the lazy. Oh, it's, it's all time high. high. The lazy melody. <laughs> I'd put this one. I'd put this one on my songs to sleep to playlist. I think this deserves no place. As a Bond song, oh. and yeah, I think I think when I think about Roggy, everything negative, and the fact that it belongs to Oct- Octopussy as well, yeah. you know, everything mm. I don't like about Roggy really permeates it's this. There. Sleepy's oh. a really good word for it's that. It's sleepy. It's yeah, especially when film. you see my list. This is the opposite of what I like. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. My dishonourables. Uh, Plural? Yes, I have two. I could not separate these two. One of these songs is attached to one of my favourite Bond films. And the other one is attached to a film that pretends it is a Bond film. Die Another Day. Die Another Day is (laughs) Is one. one. (laughs) Uh, Die Another Day, funnily enough, I actually think Die Another Day as like a song to play in a dance club. It is good at that. Yeah, if, if that was just a Madonna song that mm-hmm. she released around that time, 
I probably well, that's wouldn't what it is. feel as str- yes, yeah, it is. I probably wouldn't feel as uh, strongly as I do towards it. Mm. It's 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 no good. The lyrics are atrocious. Ugh. Yeah, the line Sigmund Freud analyze yes. this. Yes, no, no, yes. no, no, no. That should not be in a in a Bond theme. Nor should the lyrics, "Hey driver." Where are we going? I swear, my nerves are showing. It's the Living Daylights by Aha. I think mm. that song is atrocious. Ooh. I think it is trying... Oh, this is your other one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there is some beautiful stuff going on by Barry in that <clears throat> song. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Aha's greasy fingerprints are all over that, yeah. that track. And they were just handling their own shit. Oh, yes. And now there's little shit stains it everywhere. Feels <laughs> like, it feels like they were given this amazing opportunity to write a Bond theme and then went, oh, well, let's do a Bond theme that isn't. It just feels like they're trying so hard to subvert what a Bond theme is. Mm. The lyrics have nothing to do with the with the film. I know that you can draw some tenuous links with that, hey, driver, where are we going, that it's from Cara's perspective but the song doesn't have a perspective apart from that of the the singers of aha john barry himself said that this was the worst experience for him working with another artist right and don't and upset you barry that's what you don't like your barry upset that's, that's right that's and it right. was barry's last yeah that, no. that makes me feel bitter yeah. yeah particularly after you know we'd come off another big boy band from the time at least having fun with it yeah. Do you know what I mean? For that, for us to then go to that, there is something it's a about pretty bland it. Oh, it. It's crap, and mm. I think it, it has coloured my <clears throat> memory of that film unfairly over the years right. because it's such a bland, boring song. I think that the "Where Has Everybody Gone," um, sung by the per, 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 oh god, I can't. the Paprikas, the Paprikas, the pr- what uh, they sing the the closing song, but the. They've got that song, Where Has Everybody Gone? And it's used as Necros's theme. Right. Oh. He's listening to it oh, on his the, headphones oh, and stuff yeah. like that. Little that's a way better Bond theme mm. than The Living Daylights. But there you go. That's what I think. There you go. That's Dishonorables. Yep. Dishonorables. Two. I couldn't split them. That's I couldn't right. split them. Because I think the Madonna song is you've, a, is a fine it. song. I think it's a fine you song, it's but fine it's not song. a... But it's not a good bond. Deserves song. a dishonorable mention. Whereas the Living Daylights, hoo boy, poo poo, yeah, poo poo, fair, fair, honorable mm. mention, honorable we've, mention. We've dissed the diss. Yes, now we're just honorable. Now we're yeah. just honorable. Now it's time to hon it up. There are two. Well, I say two, but I actually mean three. My first honorable mention is to for your eyes only. Now, look, I didn't. I didn't speak very highly of this film, and I don't believe I actually spoke very highly of this song. You didn't. You hated no, it you during our As time has gone by, this song has found its way into my head mm-hmm. and into don't my say heart. Into your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, you can tell that Sheena Easton is really pushing the top of her range oh, with this song. Oh boy, can you? Which is made. <laughs> Even more obvious when you listen to her performing it Can live. Can we get your version of it again? Go. For your eyes only. Clang, clang. Clang, When she performs this live, you can really tell. That right. Her, voc- her vowel choices, she really opens up the sound and it's just like, you're only doing that because... Can you, you give us an example of how those vowels... Uh, those vowels were, would be... Um, um, <laughs> not quite, but it would be something like... Um, for your 
so loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> only for your. <laughs> it's like actually, it's that. It is that. I found the live recording. She she cannot go e anything that closes up like that. She can't do it. <laughs> keep it open. Keep it open. Look, but that being said, there is something endearing about this song for me, and it. It doesn't sound overtly Bond in its orchestration, yeah, and it yet, <laughs> and yet, the soft, sweet <clears throat> melody and innocent, surrendering lyrics are perfect for a Roger film. I love the contrast in the song, the the intimate sparseness at the beginning of the verses with the call and response synth, you know, which builds into you know what I think is the bloody catchiest chorus in all the Bond songs, and that simple C chord. That's just punctuating the chorus. <laughs> I love it. You get a really simple, sweet Bond song. It's only two verses and two choruses. But and Jesus, it gets stuck in your head. It's only an honourable mention. And that sounds that, like it should have been. And it's an Oscar nominee. It's an Oscar well. nominee. But, but for that, mm-hmm. it has earned my honourable mention. All right. What I would like to uh, improvise now. No, is, no, um, no, no. My other You're honorable doing so mention. Well no, you want to intersperse them no, throughout the rest of this? This or? is no, no, no. This is just another honorable mention that I, I just want to clarify before we go in. And I just want to clarify oh. this has not been run by us. <laughs> and I still can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> um, I just want to say I gave her a shout out earlier, but Shirley Bassey. Oh, uh, yeah. she's not listening, Jake. No, I know, I know. But without her, we don't have. The Brassy Bassy. We don't have this. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning now, regardless of what comes up in the top five... Are you tearing up? No, I'm fine. I think Goldfinger just lays the foundation for some of the great movie music moments. So this is another honourable mention. It's an honourable mention to Goldfinger, but more specifically... I'd second. More specifically to Dame Shirley. Yeah. She did three. She did three. I have opinions about all three of them, but I'll leave it at that. Okay, how dare you? Here's to Dame Shirley. Yes, Chin here's, Chin. here's to her. Here's to Dame Shirley in reference to Goldfinger. Yes, I'll say Goldfinger, but when I say Goldfinger, I actually mean diamonds. But that's just me. All right. <laughs> Appropriately confusing. Do you have another honourable mention? No, they are I thought all... you said you had multiple. Well, I had... Part... That well, was two. That's I, just I wanted two. to say three, but you know, I was talking well, about... Go Gold... on. No, I was talking about Goldfinger and diamonds. Right. right. Mostly. All right. Okay. Well, I have an honourable mention. Yeah. Uh, this one only misses out of my number five spot, and I, 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 I wanted to put it there. I did. Uh, Why did you? Just desperately clawing. That it's not a title song. It doesn't play in the title sequence. Oh, he's up. What's all this about? Mm. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I think it's such a gorgeous story of romance, and it matches its film perfectly. The playful shifts in tone and its kind of crooning nature mm-hmm. is a perfect match for Mr. Connery. Do we know what... I'm going to say Matt Munro's From, from Russia, Russia With Love. Love. That's the one. Mm. I just had to it's shout a... it out. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh. I would count it as a title song. I, I, I personally yeah, count it as I feel it like it is. Well. I was listening to it and my number right, five. But you're right, it is an end credits yeah. song, isn't it? And my number five, and I was like, I could flip a coin here, but wow. I guess for, on that technicality... It misses out and it gets an honourable. Yeah, it's it's a also, hell of a song. I, I'll second you on that. I'd also like to to just shout out. And Jake was poo pooing on it earlier, but I think the riff from in another way to another die. Another way to die 
I would like to also give an honourable mention to. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. It's pretty While we're talking about riffs... Doesn't get that and, and you shitting on Mr. Jack White. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a very famous song. Do you know Seven Nation Army? Yeah. Yep. So do you like that song, Seven no. Nation Army? You boom, don't like boom, Seven boom, Nation boom, Army? Boom, 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 boom. No, I don't. Oh, my God. Why? Because you couldn't play it on guitar. And you no, I it. could play it on the guitar, and that's why. It's so, so simple and boring. Seven Nation Army, Jack White, mm. wrote mm. to be a Bond thing. Wow. Yeah, I only found that out this week, that Seven Nation Army was meant to be a Bond theme, but he was convinced by others. They were like, you'll never get the chance to write a Bond theme. They'll never go your direction. So you should just release this song. He did, became a massive mega hit, still pays for his, you know, 17 mansions that he earns that today. That great. But, uh, yeah, that was meant to be his thing. But I would second you, I think the riff is quite good. Yeah. I will also say I think that the uh, the lyrics of Another Way to Die really let it down. Garbage. And I, I actually can't tell that it's a duet when I listen to it. Mm. Mm. It is one of those songs where I'm like, well, mm. there could be two people going. I can only hear... A screaming cat. <laughs> I'll see this point. Saying, suit him up, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, bang, bang. I'll, I'll see this point. I did have a note written in my um, statement about Another Way to Die. Yes. That... Oh, you backtracking? No, no. Flip-flopping? No, no not like flip-flopping. It. I just want to say that there was an omission. And that a omission... carbon omission. A carbon omission. <laughs> uh, stating that I thought that things were going relatively well. Until people started singing, ah, nah. so nah. I'll say that much. I'll nah. give it. I'll give it that much praise. Nah. Sorry, your that was that was mine. Oh, that's your. They're, they're you're mine. done. Yeah. Well, I have a uh, two honourable mentions. Ooh. Uh, the first one. Let's go the more recent of the two. Yes. Uh-huh. I would like to shout out uh, Mr. Bono and oh, Mr. Yeah. The Edge mm. and Ms. <laughs> Turner. Wow. Four. Uh, for Golden Night. This is lower than I thought. This, this was scratching for number five. This one was like this and the other one. Yeah. They So this, the other honourable mention and the song that I did put at number five, Equal five. for the last week were just in Cycling constant flux. Yeah. And I essentially had to just go, that one. And just mm. blindly pick because they were so closely mm. uh, kind of wedged together. I think Goldeneye's great. As soon as I hear that, bloom, 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 oh, oh my god, bloom, 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 it's so creative. Oh, it's yeah. bloody awesome. It knows exactly what it wants to be. It's and mm. it's that instant bomb DNA, and it's that instant yeah. like, oh, bomb is bad. <laughs> Like and the perfect song for the 90s. Absolutely. Be good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm. Uh, Tina Turner's voice is fantastic. Yep. Um, <laughs> the lyrics are... Pretty good. They're, they're in that great Bond tradition of making absolutely no sense <laughs> and yet still relating to the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know whose perspective... I did rag on The Living Daylights for this, but I don't really know who GoldenEye's perspective is sung from. Yes. Xenia. But, well, yeah... You can kind of attribute it to anyone, whereas mm. the living daylights just doesn't make flaps sense. around in the wind. Goldeneye's sexy. It's a brassy bassy. Mm. It brought Bond back roaring to life. I loved it. Now, this other honourable mention is a song that usually gets put at the bottom of most uh, people's oh. lists because of its lyrics and its 
Broadway sound. It's oh. Lulu's The Man with the Golden <laughs> Gun. He has a powerful weapon. He charges a million shots. Well, you got your hats. The Eliza. I love the campy glee of this. I love the way that it's utilised all through that film. I think this film gets really unfairly bloody bollocked by people. Is it silly? Yes. Does it match the film, though? Yes. I would take this, the energy that this song has, just it just gets me going and it, it puts... It, it's why I don't like songs like The Living Daylights and All Time High. Because mm. they are sleepy and The Man with the Golden Gun. It's a lot. It's just like, mm. let's have some fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just, it makes me think of Roger. Mm. It really makes me think of Roger's Bond and Christopher Lee and oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I guess, All very honourable mentions. Yes, yes. honourable. Honourable. We brought great honour to those songs. To those songs. To those they songs. brought it upon themselves. I they w- did. Concur. Nah. Seconded. We afforded the honour, but we didn't uh, design the honour. Yes. 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 Well said. Number five. Number five. Number five. So this is where scores start coming oh, into play. Oh, okay. It's getting serious now. <sighs> number five. For one point, Jake. For one point, my number five is Licence to Kill. Oh shit! Now this night, any Bond song. It's a great one. Any Bond song. Sing us a bit. Go. Yeah, I need the. I need the. I need the. It's a. It starts. How does it start? Um, hey, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> when you're gonna do the lights on me? Gotta get to the chorus. Please don't bet that you'll ever escape me. Once we'll I get the lights on you. No, this isn't a Bond song. We got a license to kill. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And I'm always great for your heart. <laughs> Got a license to kill. Got a license to kill. Ding ding ding. Don't, don't sing it too well. That's we'll, it. We'll trigger the senses. Oh, oh, sorry. oh yeah. yeah. Oh no, the algorithm. Yeah. Um, now look, any Bond song with two key changes in it is going to be in my top five. Oh yeah. Yeah. First things first. I think Gladys is one classy gal. A classy lassie. A classy lassie. She's an all timer and a true technician. Um, the clip of her performing this song at the proms in Hyde Park in 2018 Ooh, yeah. is a testament to her incredible dedication to her technique as a vocalist. I think the fact that she can still belt this banger out at then, in 2018, the age of 74, is God beyond impressive. Or maybe it's just a bit too easy to sing. Well, <laughs> shush. Now, anyone who knows me uh, and knows me well knows that I'm a great admirer of and some might say obsessed with with, bon Jovi. with 80s power ballads and <laughs> bon Jovi, bon Jovi. <laughs> which license to kill for me is just ripping in 80s power ballads fair enough so i think you i think i think you're dead wrong i couldn't resist <laughs> being a top five it's a song. top fiver oh dear. as time has gone by since originally watching this film this song has become more and more frequent in my playlist it's uplifting it's beautifully performed gets me pumped and in the mood for a bond film and speaks to a Bond that is willing to lay it all on the line for love. You know? Yeah. And this, the, the echoes of Barry and Bassie that keep, uh, you know... Quite literally Bassie. But yes, illegally so. 
<laughs> I think it keeps it so connected to the important lineage of that great Bond sound. Ooh, so that's that's my number five. Well, one that's one point for. Uh, oh, Brandon's getting his little pencil get case. Pen and my pencil case. Getting his pen out. Um, so my down. studio recording of *License to Kill* will be will available, be available yes, on we'll iTunes. We'll be releasing an album after this. <laughs> <laughs> the top fives. Yes. All right. Well, Darby Deck, lay it on us. Your top five. My number five song. Uh huh. Just edging out from *Russia with Love*. Uh huh. I think what I love so much about this particular track is that it's just such a great interpretation and discussion of the character of James Bond. Ooh, One okay. of the few that really talks very specifically about him. Mm. Um, and it is uh, Mr. Tom Jones singing Thunderbolt. Yes, you've got... I'm not going to sing it, but I, oh, I, I love the lyrics that he always runs while others walk, he acts while other men just talk. You know, he, His fight goes on and on and on, but he thinks that the fight is worth it all. I think this one for me would not have been a top five, but having read Casino Royale and diving deeper with James Bond as a character, I just kept listening to it going, oh, it's got the good stuff. It's got those nice um, shifts in tempo and the really big grand dramatic moments. John Barry does like a lot of incredible work in this one. And it's got a little sneaky saxophone. And I'm also a fan of, of, of a song that ends well and transitions well into its film. And I think Thunderball does that very well. Very well, well yeah. Mm. That rolling timpani. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. That's one point for uh, Thunderball. Thunderball. Well, none of us have picked the same number five song so oh, far. Okay, lay it on us. This song has had resurgent popularity uh, in the last uh, maybe two decades. I think I'm going to cop a bit of flack for putting this song in the top five. You mentioned her earlier, Jake. It's Miss Shirley Bassey. Oh, yes. And it's her 1971 banger, Diamonds, Diamonds Are, are forever. forever. Here, bloody here. Wow. Made popular once again by Kanye West when he sampled it for uh, Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think that the first time I heard this song might have been... In the Kanye track. Right. I think I may have heard the Kanye song before the film. I don't know. The timeline's a bit uh, wibbly-wobbly there. Mm. But uh, even hearing it in the Kanye song, I'm instantly transported to Yes Town. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is a better song. Yes. I Population, this, this guy. Randos. <laughs> uh, I think this is a better song than Goldfinger. It's a song that every time it comes on, I sing along with it. Yep. Mm. Um, it's got enough funk and enough kind of Bond DNA. Mm. Like, look, Goldfinger's a classic. Like you said, we wouldn't be here talking about this now without it. Um, but I think her second effort was actually was better for me. There's mm. something about it. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love Diamonds Are Forever. The music of Diamonds Are Forever is the best part of Diamonds Are Forever. Trey Bond. It is Trey Bond. Bond. Well, there we go. So we've got one for License to Kill, one for Thunderball, and one for Daff. Wow. Wow. We're we're diverging. We are. This is a tastemaker, isn't it? We really see where our allegiances lie. In relation to theme songs. Yes. Mm. So Mr. Jank Spa. Number four for two points. (laughs) Number four for two points is... Golden Weakness. Now, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. As soon as I hear that... 
dun, 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 dun. No, he said it before. Yeah. yeah. Now you'll say it. I have yeah. prepared notes and I'm staying on script. That's why dun, 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 dun. I did write dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there you right. go. In inverted commas. Look, if you think on your feet, you're quicker. Yeah. <laughs> and finish first. <laughs> well, I'm here to take my time. You heard it from the commander in chief. Yeah, apparently. But geez, this song puts me in the mood. This song for, for me. What? For a James Bond bloody oh. adventure. I'm surprised that it's so low, given yeah. it's your favourite film. It's I know, I know. It's been, I've been, this has been a torturous experience for me. Believe you me. But right. GoldenEye is a juicy blend of 90s uh, synth. You write, are you a reviewer? Oh, yeah. Are you yeah. writing for Trax magazine? Uh, absolutely. Magazine. Oh, oh it might be, actually. Yeah. Why would Trax be a surfing magazine? There's oh, no Jack, tracks in the ocean. Yeah, because you make you. tracks in waves. Oh, oh you do not. Just like a train. Oh, my Lord. This thing... It, it has just the right amount of that naughty 90s sound that I have no oh, doubt... Oh, yeah, your sugar Funko pop it, boy. I'm sure it repels people, uh, but I just love it. No, it, this doesn't repel anyone. I don't, yeah. Be Does a cold, repel? hard man that does You would have to be. You would have to be. You'd have to be dead in your grave. You would. It's layered in with this, you know, beautiful, bloody, timeless Bondian motifs that, you know, echo... You're making like buried. a hula, a hula mm. sound. No, waves. You know, it's waves. blending in. Ah, know? tracks. Tracks. Oh, We're God. Everything. I think, look, Tina smashes out a D6 in full voice. Oh, this nerd. And for those less musically inclined like Darby Deck here, oh, that, thank you. Everyone, that everyone listening. is more than two octaves above middle C. This is impressive. Give us a middle C. Oh, Jesus, you're putting it on me now. Mm. Fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give that middle C. Mm. And what's two octaves higher than D6. that? I'm going to go two octaves above that plus a tone. Feeling yeah. so fly mm. like a D6. Mm. No, I'm doing... That's th- that's third, Z- fifth. That's, that's a spoke mm. Zarathustra. Yeah, yeah, that's 2001. Mm. Now I'm going to do an octave above that. Map mm. mm. Oh. God damn it. Mm. So give, us is two, it, give is, it to us in the song. Is it the note where she goes, With a golden no. That one? No. There's a higher note than that? Yes. Oh, my no, no, God. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The one that I'm talking about, that D6, yeah. is in full voice. That's chess voice. So the one is she that does... that full voice at the end? No, that's her That's her head voice. That's oh, her kind of... A false toe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A false toe. Removal. It's impressive. That D6 is impressive, but... I'm impressed. Bassy gets an E6 in oh. at the end of Goldfinger, which I actually think is the highest note sung in any Bond song. Really? I think Bassie's final note. Higher than Sam Smith? Oh, you're talking full voice. I'm talking full voice. You're talking full voice. I'm talking full voice. Because Sam Smith is very high. He's a a high boy. But Tina gives her a good run for her money in this, and I just love the dynamics of this song. It starts so low and intimate and breathy, and you just, you builds, and it builds and gets, you know, this satisfying crescendo. And the lyrics are haunting. I find them haunting and visceral. And Tina's vocal quality... Visceral. Visceral. Haunting? Visceral. It's haunting. unique. Unique, it's haunting, unique. and visceral. Yeah, the golden nine, you know. She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, captures my Bondian imagination and just sets the scene for this. Mm. You might say, James Bond she's simply the best. Oh. <laughs> Better than all the rest. Uh-huh. The rugby league is back. <laughs> <laughs> so, number four for me is Golden, golden Eyeballs. Wow. And Darby Deck. What is your four? Look, for me, boys, it's a brassy brassy. Ooh. Oh. And uh, I couldn't 
couldn't go past giving it to the original one. <gasps> I couldn't go, couldn't go past it. I've given my number four is Goldfinger. Goldfinger! I, I just think what gets this one over the line for me, I do love Diamonds Are Forever. I would agree yeah, it's a more yeah. mature song. But I think what I love about this is the bombast. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah. That it, it does have that kind of 60s flair to it. And I think it's the... It's the perfect song. When I was doing this, I realised there was perfect songs for different Bonds. And this one, for me, is the Connery song. Like, you could... This has the feeling of a Connery film in it. Just yeah. because it's so yeah. iconic. But also, the, the friggin'... I thought they were initially silly, but then when I listened close to the lyrics, they're actually really elegant. They're actually really... Oh, yeah, very much so. They're yeah. really lovely lyrics. And I like that it's the kiss of death. That- from Mr. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. This one. Oh, the one. So that's, that assures it in my top five. I just need a little cue like that in the song. <laughs> but, um, I, and I think any song that can get you to sing such a cold finger, mm. unironically, yeah. yes. that's a banger. And it works. It works so well. It beckons you in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like that. Such a cold finger. Pretty girl, beware of his heart of gold. This house of heart sin. is cold. No, that's later. I think it's beware of his house of sin. Don't go that's in. Right. <laughs> and your little dog, And too. then she literally ends the song by yelling, He loves only gold. <laughs> I just love how stupid that is. And that it gets me up on my feet. You know what I mean? Yes. This for me, uh, it could be higher up the list. Wow, yeah, it's right. a beautiful song. Wow, yeah. oh, number well, there you are. That's that's interesting because that's a film that you don't rate very highly. Yes, but I think it's the perfect. It's yeah. a, well, not the perfect, but the perfectly pitched for a Connery. Well, mm-hmm. it's interesting because. At number four, Jake, you've put the theme song from your favourite film. Yes. Darby, you've put the theme song from one of your middle rankers. Yes. And I've put the theme song from my favourite film. Oh. You know my name. Ah, Why? There it is. Cornell. Yes. Is my number four. Any time I hear that opening guitar riff, I am there. Give it to us. I am willing and reporting for duty that... Which is then, yes, 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 again, yes there uh, is another way to die. Well done, Jack. You watched the previous film. <laughs> oh, I know. I think, I think Chris Cornell's lyrics in this are just amazing. It's Talk funny about when, a song about James Bond. Yes, yeah. when you were saying that earlier about Thunderball, mm. I was like, oh, he could be saying you know my name mm. here. They share a really great DNA, those yeah, two yeah. those uh, two songs. I uh, couldn't think of that. <laughs> Do, uh, well, the, That's what the, they're called, the, Brandon. The, the music, uh, <laughs> the segments of music that go for three minutes, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> I, You Know My Name is one of those really underrated Bond songs, too. I don't, Jake hates it. No, careful now. He's not too, not too fond of it. From what he said during the reviews, which is fine, each to their own. Uh, this, yeah, this song is just get up and go, action man Bond, um, mm, rock Bond, rock Bond, yeah, and and still really kind of exploring the cool shit, yep. that that a song like Thunderball is doing, you know, mm-hmm. like, and he, he nailed it. He yeah. nailed it. And and I think the orchestral version that plays in the film Ooh. is is even better. Mm. I think the work that Nicholas Dodd and David Arnold did kind of rescoring that uh, just the, the arrangement is is superb. It's the closest we've gotten to hearing a Bond type actually sing 
in in a in hmm. a title song. It yeah, sounds sure. like yeah, that it could, could be, be Daniel James Craig singing. Bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cabaret Bob. Yeah, it's not Lulu. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, no, you know my name for me. Number four. So that's two points. Two points, number four. So we haven't had a song come up. That's gotten more than uh, yeah. it's a bobbin share. We've all had points. very different opinions. It's going to be tough. We might have a three-way tie. For well, we might get a tie on this one. Number three, Mr. Spank Gear. <laughs> that's, that's my name. Don't wear it out. Number three is Skyfall. Skyfall! Another very high-ranking film for you. This song for me made me realise how much the piano is a Bond instrument. Now, my mind always goes to brass for a Bond bond sound. But the piano is so dominant and very powerful in so many great Bond songs. Sure, name two. Um, I well, I'm talking. Uh, nobody does it better. Yeah, that's no, one. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, Skyfall. Skyfall. That's two. Well that's done. Two. Well done. Mm. I'm done. Um, I I truly believe that Adele is actually one of, if not the most, the greatest, the most, the greatest, the most, the greatest vocalist of this generation. This I think she's one. battling it out with Lady Gaga. Ooh, Whoa, Lady those Gaga. two voices. And I mean, her voice won't last. I'm calling it now, but Why? while she defend yourself, what's wrong with voice? She's already had several operations on nodules, and you know I don't think she's got a very good. How dare you drag history. your personal life out here? No, this, isn't the this is her instrument. Are you serious? No, come on. She's had several How procedures removing nodules. We don't talk about it and from her vocal cords. For listeners at home, what's a nodule? A nodule is a callus that's built up on your vocal fold. What? I have a vocal fold? Yes, that's your, Two of them. That's your chords. What? Your vocal folds. They just go... They just bang oh, together like that to like, produce sound. Like that, Exactly yeah. like it's that. disgusting. Right. You ever seen it? I no. have. Oh, yeah. I've seen mine. It's yeah. gross. You've seen yours? Yeah, yeah, I've seen mine. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> no nodules, though, so... Oh, that's lucky. Although... What, throat camera? Throat camera. Oh. Yeah, you get... Like Invasive. Local, Very. Local anaesthetic that mm. just kind of numbs your whole mouth. Yeah. But it doesn't do enough. Local yeah. anesthetic, you, you can just get it around, still around the shops. Yeah, local. Go down to your local. Yeah. Um, but look, while Adele has her incredible voice, she has given us one of the greatest performances in Bond history with this song. She's in a James Bond movie. She, her voice is. Wow. Her voice is. Wow. Skyfall, for me, is the beginning of the modern Bond theme song. The two previous films, the two previous songs, were experiments... And I believe failed experiments. Oh, oh my god! Skyfall emerges now, and establishes itself. You let me <laughs> say all of that about you know my name, yeah, and then you stab me in the back Shits with this shit. <laughs> you think this is the birth of the modern Bonton? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stroke. I think he's having a heart attack. Oh no! For me, Skyfall is the epitome of what a modern Bond song can be. What about for everyone else, it goes on to win an Oscar oh. to prove it. One of Adele's most captivating qualities is her ability as a storyteller. Oh, what's she going to marry her then? Oh, we 
tees up, I think, her intentional laziness and playfulness with the meter and the tempo. How dare you? With her That's sensual timbre. Whoa, just whoa, creates... whoa, deep personal thoughts. No, this is, this is deconstruction, baby. Get comfy with it. Oh, this, I'm going to get sensual with it. It just it creates such an uneasiness and an unpredictability that I think just grips you. At the, you know, the opening verse unfolds. I'm just like, I, I will say this. about Skyfall, it, it did nearly place on, on my list, and it's absent from my list, but what I love about it is, along with the title sequence, how it is such a great piece of storytelling yes. in and of itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. It grabs Bond down in the water, and then the song grabs you in the same way. It kind of, you know, it's got it's very, very well Although, placed. Although, one thing I find with Skyfall, mm. which I've brought up now for two other songs, is yeah. that the lyrics are a bit strange. Are nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you go, I go. But uh, and I think, yeah, yeah, it's more yeah. feeling. Will you see? I yes, see. it is. It's there's an emotional mm. thing to it. it mm. In the same way, I think with Golden Eyes, well, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. bit like, does this actually what? make any sense? Who's speaking? Mm. And what about? Where am I? And who? And, and who do them? Who do them? Why? <laughs> we finished. Well, just to wrap up, oh. I want to say that there, there is a kind. Of, you asked for this. There is a kind of haunting surrender. Oh, here we are with these words in Adele's voice. You're thinking of Katie Lang's uh, end title track. Well, hey, if we're going to talk about that, we need to talk in about Skyfall, that. But we'll talk about that later. And tomorrow never dies. Mm-hmm. Should have been the song. It, yes, should have. But Adele's voice, it just speaks to the maturity of this song and its connection to the film and builds to this place of like self-destruction, self-ignition with these incredible final notes that she gets out. Oh, it's yeah. a visceral experience and Which it stirs me... Which are a D7. Oh, I don't know. No, it's G- definitely not a G12. D7. It's uh, F6. X. I would... At, FXX. At best, if Tina's pumping out a... a a D6 this is probably which a, B, a B5 which part I think Adele's final note what, in Skyfall sing it let the sky fall let the sky fall yeah isn't no. that head voice though when she that's goes in that voice. or is that a full bodied whine no that's that's her that's oh yeah yeah that's her or is it like a, 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 a fruity kind of uh, summery IPA I don't know what that is it's a beer a bit. Oh, that's no news to me, Brandon. I don't drink the that stuff. That is news to you, then. Yeah. Yeah. This is news to you. It is. <laughs> New information. You should receive it. You should process it. You should store it. it Get helps on you. with it. Are you What's done? What's a question? Are no, you, I can't, you asked me a question. See, we said, told you to sing, sing the big note. I sing the big I, note. I can't pitch it from here, Brandon. I don't know what it is. Pitch it from here. The lingo on this one. This guy. This guy. It is three, points. Oh, three points. Oh, it is three sky. points. Sky it's four. bloody... It's great stuff. It's emotional and it's a classic. It proves the power of music. She, she needs to <laughs> Trey Bond FM. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Mr. Darby Deck number three. Oh, what? boys. I can't talk about this song without getting all emotional. No. Oh. Uh, nobody does it better. Oh, this song for me, by sung by Miss Carly Simon, oh. I was listening to it today going, how do I sum this up? How do I describe this song? How does it make me feel? We're getting into the land of feeling with yeah. this top three, yeah, don't we now? This one for me feels like a slow dance with Roger Moore. I just feel embraced by him. I'm staring into his big blue eyes and I am in love. <laughs> Honestly, it makes me no- so nostalgic for everything that his Bond represents. I think it is so 
Oh, it just conveys everything that's wonderful. I think this is the perfect companion to a film like A View to a Kill. I reckon A View right. to a Kill is everything I want in Roger Moore as James Bond, mm-hmm. and this is what but I want him song. to sound like. Yeah, it's, yeah, these, right. it's these two together. Yeah, that's interesting. I also love, again, I've realised that I'm a real sucker for shifts in tone and energy. When a song isn't just one thing, a James Bond song, but when it changes, but like when it goes... You get the like the Phil Collins, the boom, doo, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't looking. Yeah. Like that chant, oh, I get so riled up. There's some kind, and when she mentions, uh, you know, there's some kind of magic inside you. I feel that there's something yeah. magic inside me when this song plays. Just to give you a Shakespeare uh, soundbite. <laughs> um, See, this is the kind of stuff we want, Dubs. This is this is why we do these top fives. This and is and yeah, look, it, again, it could have been number one. Um, I had to do some hard critical thinking to shuffle it down to number three. Mm. But I love this one. I will be listening to this song until I'm an old, old man. Mm. Yeah. What's your number three, Brandon? Well, my number three is uh, was the first song to be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah. Uh, sung by a, a relative... Uh, unknown at the time, mm-hmm. uh, a young Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, and, and a band called Wings. Wings. You know, when you were young and your heart was an open book, you used oh, to say "Live and Let Live." Yeah. But in this ever-changing world in which we live in, it makes you give in and cry, and you say, "Live and Let, let Die." die. Bow, bow, bow. This song's a banger. You sung my bundle shit. (laughs) This this song's brilliant. It's Paul McCartney. Of course he was going to knock it out of the park. Uh, Wings, sure. I don't know who they are, but good on them. They played admirably here. Uh, Linda McCartney, I believe, was his partner at the time. She helped co-write this. She did. Uh, She was very instrumental in saying that uh, it needed the kind of... A, a moment that is not in any other Bond song when we go into that almost reggae kind of what does it matter oh, to yeah. you but when in any other Bond you, you gotta, gotta do, do it well. well you gotta give the other fella hell that chord like, is great it's, that but in any other Bond song, that would feel ridiculous. Shoehorn, you would just like, kind of go, what is this doing here? Mm-hmm. But it works perfectly with the film. And every time it gets into that kind of reggae bop, I'm like, oh my God, yes. It's yep. as kind of diverse and as playful as the film that it that it's uh, in. This song would not have featured in my top five mm. if I had been going through this before yeah, right. we... wouldn't. Have uh, I've it. always liked the song, but... Yep. I think there's been something that I've gone, no, 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 you couldn't possibly give that. That's not a Bond theme. Mm. It's a good song, but blah, blah, blah. No, after going through this, I like what I like, and I love this. Stick to it, man. Stand by it. Yeah, I wish more Bond themes were as playful as this is, Mm. as as inventive as this is. Because I really like Sam Smith's song, and I really like the um, uh, No Time to Die. Mm. I think it's a hell of a song. They're a little serious. Well, they're they're very much the same song as Skyfall, mm, really. They mm. follow the same chord progression. It's that same kind of basic, you know, repetitive. Just Skyfall the, the, set a trend. The chords yeah. being played with a couple of falling keys and like maybe a guitar riff thrown in there. They're all beautiful. All mm. three of them, uh, if they're in your top five, which it is for you, Jack. I could not. I couldn't hold that against you. Mm. I wouldn't shit on them. Well, you bloody like, better not. Like you did with You Know My Name. Yeah, yeah. He How did. He really, dare you? I didn't shit on it. Speaking of You Know My Name, yeah. I feel like that this song... Precursor. ...is the precursor to it. I think mm. You Know My Name owes this song 
just a hell of a lot. Bringing it's the it's first how they one knew to bring. They could do Casino Royale. Yeah, and yeah. I think it, it's the first one to go. Why not a bit of rock and roll? Yeah. Why hmm. not a bit of hard edge? Kind of like you know, you've got these kind of great guitar, dirty guitar riffs in in the John Barry themes, mm. in the in the kind of the the music within the score. Mm. Bring it into your title track, and it's just perfection. <laughs> So it's live and let die for loud. me. Loud, loud, loud. Three say it loud. loud, say it proud. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Jake Spear, you're number two for four Why? pointies. For four points, this Why? is the this is the this is the uh, end game. We're getting the crunch time. The Infinity yeah. War, also known as my number two. Thunderball. Thunderball. Oh, more points for Thunderball. More points for Thunderball. Oh, that's five points for Thunderball. By definitely Johnny Cash or Tom Jones? Uh, no, definitely Tom Jones. Okay, Tom Jones. Uh, look, I've got nothing against Johnny Cash. Wonderful singer-songwriter, beautiful storyteller. But Thunderball by Tom Jones. I chose this song because I think it's actually the best <gasps> of the old-school <gasps> Brassy Bassies. Oh, but this Ooh. isn't a... Uh, now... I know what his number one is, then. I... I know it's a show. I know that that's a big call but I'm going to do my best to defend myself here because when Please I do. when I say the old school brassy bassies what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about Goldfinger Thunderball and Diamonds Tom Jones is a sprightly man I'm not he was at the time yes I'm not talking he about still he still is how dare you he, oh right he's a virile man full of vim and vigour I'm not talking about you only live twice and I'm not even talking about Moonraker he beat you in a fight well <laughs> I'm not gonna beat up an 80 year old man god damn right he's a, he's a knight <laughs> of the realm certainly yes certain yeah. Jones it's... get to the point oh though. how can I with this talk over us god look why do this, you like it? What do you like about look, it? This is probably a slap in the face to Shirley. Oh, my God. Slap Dame Shirley. Oh. You bastard. I'll sue you. When I, when I say I think Tom Jones did the best Brassy Bassy, it's, I'm not just did. saying that it's Tom's not fully responsible for that because I think Barry has created the fullest sound. Yep. Here, out of those three songs. Yeah, when I think of the Thunderball sound, I think full. It's full, and the bombastic nature uh, of it. Look, gold I, think, I think of the colour blue. Oh, yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Because of water. water. Well, that makes sense. Goldfinger feels too empty for me. <clears throat> In its orchestration. I know what it's doing, and I know what it's leading to, but it feels too empty. And Diamonds, I actually think Shirley is at her best. In Diamonds are forever. So do I. But I think she's let down slightly by the orchestration. Especially, and I know Brandon, you talked about this this afternoon. Oh yes, with a bit of waka waka guitar. But I'm being very petty and facetious, finicky. There, I think Barry has created the perfect bombastic '60s flashy Bond sound. I thought Goldfinger was a perfect bombastic '60s flashy. Listen to the first notes of Thunderball. Listen to the first notes. And then, and then, Goldfinger is. No, hang on. You gave Goldfinger more energy than, than no. Thunderball. No, Thunderball starts a little more laid There's a little bit of what is that? Piano, yeah. pianissimo. Pianissimo. Is that what that is? Where you play it a bit? 
under. What track have you been listening it to? Builds. Be enemies of that, that, that's the beauty of Thunderball is that it builds. It's a really it's kind of it's more an elegant, more elegant. See, not quite bombastic, more elegant than mm. Goldfinger. The I would trombone say. is muted at the start, yep. and then it opens up as it as it uh, opens up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, a I need you to play pelican, the track that you've been listening pelican to. Pelican or a flower? Yeah, a pelican flower. Uh, don't talk about flowers. The gullet of a pelican opening up. God, I think Tom brings such a vocal control and power to Thunderball that just defies the laws of science. <laughs> Hang on, did you say justifies or just, just defies? defies? I say just defies oh, just the laws just of science. Um, because both statements would be very impressive. Oh, yeah. His performance justifies <laughs> the laws <laughs> of science. Yes, yeah. yes. Although one says that Tom is operating within the laws of science, one is saying that he operates outside of the laws of science. Right. Which so, is it? Right. I think he operates outside of the laws of science. So he is an outlaw. He is an outlaw. He is a scientific outlaw because wow. his voice is incredible. The man calls himself a baritone. A baritone. A baritone. Mm. Then he goes John out and Blake. smashes a goddamn B flat. What? You get out of here, Tom Jones. Jones. For yes, 16 he counts. It. He smashes it in the face. It like that. <laughs> 16 <laughs> counts. How long is that? That is a B flat 17. Not quite. Which word is he saying? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Which apparently the urban legend is that he fainted. Yes, in the recording of that. I doubt it. I don't. I doubt it. Tom Jones being Tom Jones didn't faint. Pavarotti didn't faint. Look, the slides that he's doing between the notes. Tell me about creates this incredibly seductive and alluring quality. It is like the parkour scene in Casino Royale. Just slipping and sliding, slipping and sliding. You know, it's emotional. It's dangerous. And look, he's almost. Wailing throughout this song. The mm. ah! <laughs> God. Oh, ah! oh my God. What is a whale? Yeah, That's it. That's kind mm. of it. <laughs> Look, this is such a robust and muscular performance. His attack <laughs> on diction. It balances out this more meandering. His attack moment. on diction. His attack Are on you saying diction. he mumbles? <laughs> no, I'm saying that his use of, of diction, oh, his attack right. with diction. He's got a great with. great big diction. Great, he does, he does. This song is a lesson in breath and placement control. Oh, tell me more about I mean, breath you and hear, placement. You hear, Tom, I will, Darby. You hear Tom start with this... Like, Sir low, Jones to you. Sir, uh, you. you Sir Tom. You, you say Sir Tom. You don't say Sir Jones. Are you a member of the Commonwealth? Sir I'm Tom sorry, Jones? What? <laughs> I'm not I am I'm not up to date on my subscription or my images, but yeah, I like to think it's I'm slab. Commonwealth adjacent. Hello, this is the Commonwealth. <laughs> you wanna, if you'd like to renew oh, your membership. Oh, sorry. Uh, just I've, I've just run a bath. Can you take the number off no, the list? No, take my number off the list. No, I have just run a bath. I'm sorry. I uh, I've just put the kids to sleep. You just want to subscribe oh, again I'm for another 12 oh months my God, I'm going through to be a member I of the Commonwealth. Oh my god, someone's in the house. Someone's in the house. What? <laughs> <laughs> breath and diction. Breath, no, breath and placement control. Placement of yes. his diction. Be- no, not his diction, the Death placement of his voice, Darby. Yep. You hear him start with this low, breathy quality, and then all of a sudden, <gasps> he just opens it up to this full chest <laughs> voice with this incredible forward resonance. You know? That kind of ability, awareness, and discipline, it only comes from someone who has a unique and specific physiology. Yes, he's basically born with a gift. But. He is also someone who is trained religiously. 
huge. And that is why Tom Jones is still doing live shows at 80 years old. And that is why Thunderball is my number two. Case closed. You rest your case? I rest my case. So that's five, uh, another number four two. points for Thunderball. So, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Darby Deck. Look. Look. It's bonus points for Live and Let Die. Oh! By Paul and Linda McCartney. Uh, look, I echo a lot of your sentiments, Brandon. I think this is oui. bombastic. It's suspenseful. Oui. It's adrenaline-filled. Oui. And, uh, and and the bombast is expertly coordinated, which is, is what I love Is it Goldfinger bombast or is it uh, Thunderbolt No, it's bombast. more rocky. It's more yeah. rocky. I think the tempo and style changes are seamless. And they also, I find them really entertaining. Like, I look forward to the... What's it gonna matter to you? When that starts, I'm the coolest cat around. And it's also, yeah. like, not only is it cool, but it's tied to Bond, you know? you got to do it well. you got to give the other fella hell, you know? I love it. And, uh, and then... And then, you know, it lifts up and I kind of get this feeling that I'm once more, I'm a secret agent chasing someone. And he goes, do 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 I took a moment to be cool in the world of James Bond, but now I'm on the case again. You know, it really moves yeah. me, this song. Um, it loses one point for me <clears throat> for the lyric, but if this ever-changing world in which we live in, which I believe is grammatically incorrect. Oh, oh is it? If this ever-changing world... In which we live in. That is tautology. That is the use of a redundant oh, word. Oh, I thought it was in which we're living. That's what it should be. And that's why I'm so upset at it. Because with a is minor it adjustment, it's, it's in which we live in. Oh. Yeah, I know. What a disappointment. What a disappointment. In which we're living. Uh, but again... Oh, damn. But again, uh, it transitions also really wonderfully into the film at the end with its kind of final sign-off. Oh yes! Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Fucking lootly. And that's how I su- su- succinctly yeah. uh, summarise my number two without going on for uh, an hour. An hour. Oh well, maybe I wouldn't go on for an hour if whoa, whoa. people JJ didn't Jack, interrupt Brandon's me. Going. It's Brandon's going. Wow! Oh. You talk about interruption, and yet, <laughs> my is, goodness, you're number two. Man. I think this is look, an outrage. Am I? Is, is it all right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? You tell me. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Uh, all right. It's your show. I'm just a guest. My number two has been mentioned by a one of you, boys. Ooh. I think that this song uh, is iconic. Oh, I can eat. When, when you think of uh, James Bond. 007, Agent James 007. Bond, James Bond, 007. Bond. And you think of Bond as the lover, Ooh. the man who will always... Be there mm. for you. Mm. Ooh. This it's a slow dance with Roger. It, it's a it? slow dance with Roger. Nobody does it better. Oh. by Carly Simon, good man. Uh, I just we flipped. Uh, yeah, we have. We have. We, we flipped. flipped on these, uh, and they were flipping for me throughout the list. Mm. I mean, these guys were knocking on number one for a bit. Yeah, 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 I feel you. Nobody does it better. I mean, holy shit. Mm. It, 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 it's hard with this song because it's so like you said actually in your preconceived notions this is very tied to Roger for me I can't think of this song without getting a bit te- like yeah. when I hear it I get a bit teary because I feel like I've been to Roger's funeral I know, you know there's something about it and I think mm. the reason that I think that it's such a fitting song for him and why I associate it with him so much more now that he has passed is that it's such a celebration of what his bond is absolutely mm. yeah. I mean 
Gentleman Bond yep. is this song. The man who look after me. He's yeah. my hero. That's yeah. why I mentioned A View to a Kill, because we see the real hero, hero gentleman. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, this song's beautiful. I can't believe it did not win the Oscar. Carly Simon sings this wonderfully. I've seen she her sing it. She hits a B-16 like there's no oh, tomorrow. Absolutely. She hits a B-16 like it's an X-Wing I fight. know. X-Wing <laughs> and I've seen her perform this live uh, quite recently, not mm. in person, but on YouTube. She's got such a unique voice. Uh, and it's full of character. Yeah. It, and it's, it's a song that as she has grown older... I think her performances of it have have added another layer into it as well. Mm. Uh, it's it's a privilege to listen to this song, and we should be so lucky. Mm, Kylie Minogue, she spins me right round. Yeah. yeah. Did I actually quote a Minogue song then? You, yeah, you, you did. Be so actually, lucky. twice. And then what was the first through. one? First one was you, you should, should be, so, should be lucky. so lucky. I should and then be what was so the lucky. second one? Second one was you, you spin me. Oh right. right, I get you. Yes. Were either of those intentional? I should be so lucky. I should be so lucky, 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 lucky. Unofficial song. I should be so lucky in love. That's the Bond song. Right. Yeah. Is that Carly Minogue? That's Carly, Carly. Minogue. Oh, I thought that was Tom Jones. But moving on. It's Easily number... confused. <laughs> number well, it's the hot pants. Number bloody number one. Number bloody one. Bloody number one. Number one. Bloody one. Mr. Jake Spear. Yes. This is very important. Because you're giving five points but to this, this is, song. This could turn the tide. Now, I'm going to cede the floor, mm. and I'm going to allow you to give us a lecture. But we're going to give you five five minutes max, if we can. I'm going to give you the floor. Five minutes max. Three minutes. Three minutes max. Three minutes. Three minutes. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> this if is number one. Three minutes, uh, whether or not it's entertaining or boring. If oh. it's boring... Three minutes. I'm going to jump in. Oh, what? No, this is outrageous. <laughs> well... Your time starts now. What is it? What is my number one, Brandon? Okay, so his others have been License to Kill, GoldenEye, Skyfall, and Thunderball. He likes big. He likes musical. See, that feels like it's building... It felt like it was building the Goldfinger, but he's ruled that out. He's ruled that out. It's not Goldfinger. Oh, this is good. Let's... Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Um, Um, License to Kill, Big Brassy Bassy. GoldenEye, Big Brassy Bassy. Skyfall. Big Brassy Bassy. Oh, not really. I would say he'd lean towards saying that's a shy. It leans on the shy shell, but... It, it's DNA is bassy. And she hits a B12 like this. <laughs> Absolutely, like a vitamin B12 <laughs> shot. <laughs> it's good for you. Um, so uh, and then for Thunderball. Thunderball, which, which is, is another big vocal bassy. performance. So we want a big vocal performance. I think he's going to say Carly Simon's Nobody Does It Better because he did mention <clears> that Thunderball was as good as Brassy Bassy could get. So he must have a shy Cheryl above that by powers of reasoning, deduction, rational and thought. Dear Watson... I think it's nobody does it better. What do you think? I think I think it could be live and let die. Ooh. I think he really loves live and let die. Well, the votes are locked Ooh. in. Votes have been cast. Mm. My number one is writings on the wall. What? My number one Bond song. Darby's, Darby's walked left off. the room. Darby's walked has left left the room. Darby, don't leave. He's gone completely. Darby. Well, this is good because he can't oh, interrupt you me. In my wallet and keys. Oh, no, no, no. I think I, I. Can you stop interrupting me, even in your lack of presence? Sit down and listen to the lecture because this is. Let me learn you. Some great B sixteen. Let it? me let me bloody C-12. learn you. Mine. It's the. We. Uh, this is a your joke. three minutes starts. This is a joke. Now this was a no-brainer. Tell this, me about it. This. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
This may come as a shock to some yeah. Bond fans. What I'm, the fuck? I am aware of some hate or perhaps some oh, friction will be soon. that this song has gathered since its release, but I absolutely adore this track. From those opening sweeping strings he likes the film too. to Sam's final note, this song exudes class and sophistication and pain and raw emotion that I think is captured beautifully by Sam's voice and the stunning orchestration. I think the main reason why this was so clearly a number one for me is because of its sheer difficulty vocally to perform. There is no doubt in my mind that Writings on the Wall would be the most difficult Bond song to sing. What Sam is doing throughout this song is nothing short of a miracle, technically speaking. The rapid yet effortless altering between falsetto and chest voice that they are negotiating is extraordinary. Listening to this song actually gets me quite emotional. I remember feeling it when we watched the film, and I have felt it since listening to it. I think Sam's vocal quality with the vocal breaks that he's doing, he adds in, is it just creates this beautiful vulnerability and places me right in the heart of Bond, which just intensifies that emotion. And I like thinking about the perspective too of, of, the, of the singer in these songs. And for me, this is Bond singing and what a courageous and beautiful quality to give to Bond's perspective for this song. It adds such a rich complexi- complexity to his dilemma. Kind of like that word. For this film. <laughs> complex. For me. It's a complex way. It's a complex word. The orchestral swell that we get that leads us into the chorus, the variation in dynamics, Sam's godlike vocal gymnastics, oh. and his authentic vulnerability in this piece makes this, for me, the most impressive and captivating Bond song <clears throat> of them all. That's three minutes. Well done. Well On time. Oh, well done. As always. Look, uh, I, look, I'm shocked that that is the song you've picked. Well, there's other songs that fit that bill, but if he's talking purely vocal performance, then maybe. And I, I must say that I actually think that song is better than, um, than Skyfall for me personally. So mm. I agree with you actually rating it higher. It was another one. I, like if my honourable mentions list could have... I had to cut myself off at two because I would have done Skyfall. I would have done that. Hearing you talk about it then, I was like, yep, I get it. I get it. It is, it's a beautifully romantic song. I don't think we've had another one quite like it, particularly sung from the male perspective. Mm. It is a song that gets an unnecessary amount of hate online. I, I, I've never really understood See, it. See, I don't hate the, the song too much. I just hate Jake. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. And look, if people had argued that online, yeah. I'd... Be with them. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but, what, uh, Darby? The feeling's bloody mutual. Well, then no, let me ask you this one. What? What's my number one? Yeah. <sighs> his, What's so he his, done? He's gone Thunderbird, mm. Goldfinger, mm. Uh, no, Nobody Does It Better, yep. and Live and Let Die. Right. I think he's either building to a Skyfall. Mm. I think he's building Skyfall. You reckon? I think Skyfall. I can't remember his honourable mentions. Explain yourself. No, actually, Skyfall or You Only Live Twice. It will be a it will be a delicate, uh, romantic song uh, that feels not comfortable but luscious. There is something about that that I think f- uh, fills fills that the same area as um, Nobody Does It Better, and also still has enough kind of 
bravado and, and energy to kind of lift it up. Mm. Well, he's, he's so. I'm going to say you only live twice. You reckon it's you only live yeah. twice? Yeah, yeah. If it is, he's a fool. I, I think his bombastic songs are done. I think he's with I think he's done his dash with all the bombastic ones. That well, apparently, seems, yeah, that he seems to love. Yeah. Well, and Live and Let Die is a bit bombastic. It is a bit. He yeah. did mention it in his critique. Look, I think Tame Impala should do a Bond song, and that's why I love Live and Let Die so much. That's mm. my choice. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm. Is it gonna be? It's gonna be something softer. Did he mention Goldeneye in his honourable mentions? No, no. He hasn't mentioned that. I don't think so. And I don't know whether that's his flavour. I don't know whether that's his flavour. It could be... Tell me what's his flavour. You think You Only Live Twice? I'm going to go You Only Live Twice. The sky falls rattling around there. Those two feel Derby-ish. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I'm going to go Goldeneye. Okay, Goldeneye and You Only Live Twice. Derby... What is it? Hit us with your number un. Your You know me Opening orchestral sweep makes me feel more emotions than I care to realise. I, I think, yeah, that that's what I was. It's so deep. When I saw that you'd put nobody does it better at third, yeah, and then live and let die above that, because I, I, I going into this, I thought nobody does it better was going to be your number one, mm-hmm. and so then I was like, that's what I'm looking for. And and you love the mm. the lover, not lover boy, but kind of lover boy. Yeah. Um, you know the romantic I do. bond, I'm a, I'm a gentleman a... bond. Oh yeah. And I think Skyfall speaks to that, but it's a little more loss and yearning. Mm. Whereas You Only Live Twice feels like a, a kind of an affirmation. Yeah. Well, just of you, I can't. I can't. <laughs> no, just of that romantic kind there's of some, infusion. Yeah, there's it something kinda... about it that makes me go Derby. Oh, well, I love. I mean, this is more of what I've written. The, the sort of. That something the film doesn't achieve, but the way that Barry has kind of made, incorporated that oriental infusion, but yeah. it's so tastefully done. And I think I feel like I'm transported to 1960s Japan. I'm, I'm in a in an old school karaoke bar, and I'm listening to this this heavy hearted singer, you know, perform to a room full of drunks. Yeah. There's just something so wistful and melancholic and deep, but also it, it's 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 a summary of love, really. Um, I love this period of, of music so much. The '60s, I think, there's so much about '60s music that is so true. Before music started to go down the road of experimentation, and they were still making ballads and yeah. things. That, it was before pop became before formalized. Pop, yeah, you know, the old became its own form. Roy Orbison's and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I adore the playfulness of the music. The little electric guitar riff versions of the it's like it's like it's so creative from Barry. This, yeah, the storytelling, the emotional, and the wonder that n- not only in the vocal performance but the music itself. I think in this film, it's just seeped in something. It's it's made it one of my all time favorite songs. I mean, mm-hmm. this this transcends being a great Bond song. I look at Live and Let Die, and, and I go, would I put that on my all timers list? Maybe not, because I get that feeling from other music that I like better. Right, right. But this feeling is unique. Well done for picking it. There you bloody Jake, go. Jake, do you have anything to say about that? 
Um, I do not get it. Wow. Really? I do not see it at all. What about Robbie Williams' Millennium? Yep, yeah. does it better. Oh, God, how? <laughs> how dare you? It's so amazing to hear you speak that way about something that I do not have any any connection with whatsoever. Wow. Just the None of that music. How subjective so music is. It's so philosophical. I do as not well, get it. Aside from the dun, 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 mm. once I hear that, I skip mm. it. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good Ooh. Lord. Well, there we differ. <laughs> well, look, I think, I think the two of you are going oh. to uh, differ with me, judging by what you've put as your uh, your ones. There's going to so come to blows. What do you think my number one is? So you've is? got Diamonds Are Forever. See? Mm-hmm. You then know you, my name. Then you move up to You Know My Name. Then it's a Live and Let Die. So he likes a bit of rock. And then we've got... Nobody, Nobody does it. Does it better. So he's partial also to the romance of Bond. And what was his? What was his uh, uh, honourables? His Lulu's man with the golden gun. Man with the golden man gun. with the golden gun from Lulu. And Golden Eye. You're an enigma, Brandon McClellan. It's definitely not Goldfinger because Diamonds Are Forever is as good as it gets for for, for Shirley. For Shirley. Would he be? Would he be silly enough? I'm going to stick to my preconceived notion when, when I said A View to a Kill is going to feature in his top five. What? How does that go? Yeah, he can get into that for sure. Bam, bam. It's going it to get him in the mood. Is it his number one? Though? That's what I don't know. But the very fact that that didn't feature at all in, Lead, any, in, any, in any of it leads me to deduce but I also the, think he had a really tough time building his list up he did he so did. some there might have just missed out maybe, yeah. might, maybe it might have missed out mm. I think the dirty devil has put a view to a kill as his number one wow I, I really love your uh, logic I want you to be right because I feel like it's a fitting song for his number one and a great discovery. I'd love to be right, but for I think him, I'm right. I don't think he knew that it would yeah, be up there. Yeah, I think he was blindsided, much like he, mm. and he described Live and Let Die. Yeah, but he's a classy boy. He's a bit more refined and sophisticated. Maybe he's going to want to come across as the... as the uh, cut. And Honor Majesty's just has a piece of music, doesn't it? Well, it is still if, a title song. If you're gonna say, yeah, you'd say it's a beautiful piece Louis of music. Armstrong's. Um, no, 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 no. The, the actual title. Oh, the song. actual title, title song. song. Oh, right, right, right. Mm. Dun, dun, he could dun, go no lyrics dun, and go. Dun. That sums up James Bond to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. is he gonna be is he gonna be boom. dirty boom. and and put boom. an unofficial? Boom. Mm. Nope. Oh yeah. Boom 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 boom. It's so good. So you think Honor Majesty's? Ooh. I'm going to say it. Yeah, it's you a weird think one. A view to a kill. A view to a kill. Well, gentlemen, my number one. Meeting you yeah! with a view <laughs> to a kill. Face to face secret I cannot believe this is my number one. Wow. I was, I'm genuinely shocked. I cannot get this song out of my head. Yes! This has been my, I think it's actually been my favourite Bond song now for a, for about a year or so. Mm. I got the vinyl of it last year at like a weird op shop. I popped it on. This was a song I used to skip 
constantly. Yeah. I used to skip a view to a kill. Yeah, because it's, it's got that cheesy exterior, doesn't it? But yes. when you really listen to it, it's like actually. Oh my god! This it's is some good shit. it's got everything I want. It's got the rock bombast on. of Lulu's the man with the golden gun. Mm-hmm. It's got the kind of the rocky uh, live and let die you nature. Know it's got you know my name mm-hmm. elements. It's kind of got the that diamonds are forever has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's even kind of got a bit of uh, romance in it towards the. Uh, uh, there's an amazing. Uh, live performance of this done by mm. Duran Duran at um, Coachella, I think, yeah, in about yeah. t- 2011, right. where they 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 play uh, a bit of a tribute to Barry because he'd recently passed. Uh. They they kind of play they play the opening strings of "You Only Live Twice," Goldfinger, maybe nobody does it better. I can't remember. They play about like three different bit of a mashup. Uh, it's like a little suite of yeah. uh, of Barry music, right. and then. It fades in. They kind of blend into this great orchestral, slowed down string version of the opening of A View to a Kill, and it's it's pure romantic bliss. Like yeah. I listen to it, I'm like, oh my god, I want to get married to this bloody song. <laughs> and then it just kicks into you know the the one that we know and love. I, it, look, Barry had a, a blast making this. He said it was the most fun he ever had with a um, kind of misquoting him here but he said he liked it (laughs) (laughs) respect the dead he he was he was over the moon with with this one and and i am too i am really truly shocked that a view to a kill is this high up for me uh five points just like the film i actually think that film is a masterpiece and i think the song is too (laughs) i i actually think that film it's it's uh, it's really chasing Casino Royale for me now. It is right on the heels. Wow. Of, we should watch of, it again. Of big Casino words. I would we, love to. Yeah, watch I really desperately want to watch it with the Roger Moore commentary. Oh yeah, because he hated it. Like mm. he was like, yeah. "Oh, it's my my worst one." Man, I wish. I you hope. Could I hope that some people got to say to Roger Moore, "You know, you're actually terrific. It, it, you're fantastic in it, and yeah. it's a damn good film." Mm. I hope someone told him that because. They're right. <laughs> no, but a view to a kill. That is go. my number one. So, look, I, it's going to be hard to, I to think add this these is up. our winner. I think, yeah, live and let die, and nobody does it better. It uh, seems that way. Might be tied. Yeah, tied. So we've got. So Jake had no influence over the absolutely the none <sighs> whatsoever. So that puts these are the points that we put. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Diamonds Are Forever and License to Kill coming in at tied 11th spot on one point. Mm. Uh, you Know My Name, Goldfinger and Goldeneye tied 9th spot with two points. Skyfall coming in at 007. Ooh, all by its lonesome with three points. Writings on the Wall, A View to a Kill, Thunderbird and You Only Live Twice all tied for the third spot. Wow. With five points. Crowded position. Crowded podium. And then up the top, two Oscar nominees, Live and Let Die, and Nobody Does It Better, Uh, on 007 points, tied for the number one spot. So I guess we have to say... That's our official best song. That Live and Let Die and Nobody Does It Better split the vote. And Jake doesn't matter. I will say that publicly and deny it everywhere else. Okay. All right. Well, you've heard that publicly. So spread it far and wide. Jake's a dirty devil and a liar. Under duress. Duran Duran. Ah. 
Well, <laughs> duress, duress. <laughs> um, gentlemen, next week we're going to be doing another. We're going to get another random list. Yes, we'll be so doing another top five. Grab the hat, the Panama hat. Grab that hat. <laughs> it's time to play. Grab that hat. Right. This is Jake Spear because you went first in the list. You get to go first. Gonna spin around here. Gonna spin around, spin around. Don't peek at me, Darby. Oh, glory. Mr. Darby Deck. And I'm reaching into the hat myself. All right. Mr. Jake Spear, what do you have? I have the category of allies. Ah, allies. Ah, top five allies. Mm. I have the granddaddy. Oh. Favourite Bond. Oh. oh. Now that's favourite Bond. Individual performance. Bond performance. Right. Yes. So we could have five Roger Moore performances five Roger in our top five. Absolutely. Oh. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to. You couldn't possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Know. And I have top five henchmen. Oh, Ooh. it's all people based. It is. It's, it's a people based oh, list. People based. Now I'm going to pick number three. Oh, okay. I'm going to pick five and two because that's up to seven and double oh seven. Oh, wow. Oh, he's jumped in already. I uh, I want six. Okay, I'll go four because three and four make seven. Oh, and I'll take one because that makes a number, which is. Seven, if you plus six. Six yes, plus one. Seven. We set it up. Seven as well. We set it up. It was going to be That's very the smooth. rule. I just didn't know if there were going to be any in. other numbers that I might have had to add in there. Anyway, five and two. Three and four. Six and one. All righty. Here we go. Roll of the dice. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we will be joining you next week for the top five henchmen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you then!